Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Wake up. Wake up. Mike Mulligan, David Haw. Matt Eberflus will be at the podium at the scouting combine. What will be the big news out of the media session? Oh, I, I think uh, Matt Eberflus, you know, we'll probably talk about whether how he's groomed, right? Whether his his beard is trimmed or something. Well, maybe we'll hear about the new look, right? He's got a he's got a new look. He grew out he grew out a beard. He has a new hairdo. You think he's gonna talk about that? Well, I, I he's gonna be asked <laughs> about it. No, he's not. You, oh, okay. Do you think he's gonna talk about that? If he's asked about it, he's, I mean, he's not going to go out of his way, but I bet he's asked about his new look. You can, he's going to talk about – he's going to be asked about his stubble. He's going to be asked – he, he looks like he lost weight. Given all your experience in sports talk radio, given all your press conferences and locker rooms and all those things, if you were there today, would you ask Matt Eberflus about his beard stubble? Yeah, her name is Kelly Eberflus. <laughs> Let me add a quick one for Matt Eberflus. Meet with his stylist. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw. 5.30 till 10 a.m. on 6.70 The Score. Love your show. You guys are a riot. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6.70 The Score. May you live in interesting times. It's a different world, Mr. David, than the one you thought you lived in. Good morning, Mully. Happy Wednesday. Where's your stubble, bro? <laughs> I know. I shaved this morning. Yeah. I don't have I a stylist tell. like uh. Matt Eberflus does and Nobody's going to ask me if I did, like he was right. asked yesterday. There's one thing that is guaranteed about this show. There's one thing that, like, if it happens, you know something else is going to happen. If I say something that is proven wrong, that is proven wrong, and it is regarding and related to Dustin, it's coming back. Yeah, you know that. It's definitely coming back. It happens quite a bit lately. But well, uh, come on. Dustin likes to underscore when he is correct. I know. Especially when he has an argument with you. For some reason, the two of you are way too often at loggerheads. <laughs> bad blood. I don't know why. There's some bad blood there. There man. is. There's something. It, and it's personal. It's, it's and getting it that way. And it comes back. It comes back for that reason. Do you, you, mean, feel, do you feel, honestly, 
You feel a little sensitive about I feel it. A little, Maybe a little bit. I, I feel a little attacked. Targeted. Targeted. And I, like it. I, I think that Dustin is never better at his job than when he is a waiter serving crow. And he likes to serve it to me a lot. Yeah. Brandon's not innocent over there either. Oh, Brandon you pretends know? to be innocent. Yeah, like, oh, okay. But he's the one monitoring everything. Yeah. <laughs> he literally has monitored everything. So it's crazy he, to consider. Dustin's right. Okay. It is. Let me get that on tape again. Dustin's right. It's happened. It's happened again. We digress, though. So he was asked about his, his stylist. But he was asked by Mark Grody, who I'm pretty sure Dustin called and asked to ask him. Don't you think so? Doesn't that, that sound yes. like a plan for really, Dustin? really, really does. Dustin's I will admit I considered, I considered going yeah. to the text machine, but I did not. Grody asked him independently? Well, Grody, that is correct. Grody is starting to look like him. It's like a guy who has a pet. You know, you look like your dog after a while, or people say you do. I think Grody wants to know uh, who he has to talk to about his new look that I he's going to have to develop. I just don't think Grody could pull off the beard stubble. I think he could pull off the hair. Why? You don't think he's back. manly I, I don't what know, do but saying? I just have never seen Grody with facial hair like that. I say this. So it would come in wispy caner like A little bit Is wispy. That yeah, that's a, good, that's a good word. Okay. A little wispy. Yeah. I, I think that Matt Eberflus did look like he walked straight out of the Flag and Anthem catalog. Yes. Flag and Anthem, by the way, sent some shirts today. Thank you, Flag and Anthem. God bless Flag and Anthem. You know, change of the seasons. You never know what you oh do. God. What's going to happen next with the hey, weather. the change of the seasons occurred yesterday. It did. We had all four what in one. What the hell was that? All four seasons in one for Tom Skilling's wow. finale. Tom Skilling is actually, I think he signs off today, but he was on TV for hours <laughs> yesterday explaining what was going on and what everything meant. It's like Mother Nature wanted an encore. And, and they said to him, what are we going to do when you're not here? And he basically said, there are a lot of fine meteorologists. He named names, the people that will be. Did he really? Oh, he was He was very gracious. Humble to the end. Humble to the end. He is a Chicago institution. Going to miss him, yes? Yeah. And what a night. What a night. What Hope a everybody night. stayed safe. What it a was a great night for Tom Skilling. Wow. What a what a beautiful goodbye. A lot a it lot of damage degree, out there. Like 40 something degrees, right? Hasn't yet. It's it's, it's dropped pretty quickly. But it was like 73 yesterday. On it was in the Fe- 70s. On February 27th in Chicago, it was 73 degrees. Crazy. 70 in the 70s it's in yeah. the 20s today. 20s. And there's some real bad damage around the area. Hope everyone stayed safe. It was scary for a while, and the meteorologists in this city are tremendous, and they got their money's worth last night. They, they earned they, every they penny. They tore up the, the network programming. <laughs> they did. They did. What, were you, what were you expecting on. to watch and were disappointed that you oh, were able to I, see? I, you know, I, I was expecting to watch Loyola win a basketball game, and I was heartily disappointed at how poorly they played, but that was nothing compared to the Bulls. Was it? Holy God, were the Bulls awful. You talk. They, they lost to a team. They've lost twice now to a Detroit team with nine wins that at one point in the season, wait for it, lost 28 straight, and you managed to lose to them? Yeah. You shot, what, 2 of 29 from three? There, there should have been uh, warnings at that game when you entered that yeah, there, there would be wreckage. Yeah, there was a tornado there, exactly. <laughs> there would be wreckage and it damage. Held. and yeah. It was rock bottom. That's as low as it gets for the Bulls this season because of the opponent who it was and what happened. It didn't, I, it didn't rain jump shots. It hailed. They were bricks. They were bricks, and they were loud, and they missed often. Two for 29. I mean, you really have to try no, to miss that often, it seems. I mean, honestly. And it's the Pistons with nine victories this year. Two of them have come against the Bulls. 
That's ridiculous. Nine wins on the year, two against Chicago. And the Bulls just look flat. They have injuries. Yes, no excuse, flat. though. They have no excuse. They were dead arse beyond dead arse. No excuse. Four games below 500 now. Where is this slipping? How, how far will they go? How low I, can I you go? What, I mean, they're doing the limbo. Here's how you don't get into the. the here's how you play yourself out the of the play, play in. That's exactly right. That's it. You lose to that, team. and you go two for twenty nine against the worst team in the NBA, and they're one of the two worst teams in the NBA, and they have owned the Bulls this year. Two and now they have Cleveland and Milwaukee next. Oh, Cleveland's coming in hot. Max Strews, fifty nine footer at the buzzer. Two seconds left. The Cavs are out of timeouts. They have to go ninety four feet. Bruce from midcourt. Oh, do you believe this? Did you hear the net? Do you believe did you, in miracles? Did you hear the net? I heard the net. That's awesome. They jacked up the sound of the and net. The, here's the greatest thing about that highlight. You know what's if the, you only, saw the only bad thing about that highlight is it's like Max Struess. So I got to listen to you go on about him and his family okay, and stop. all the phone calls back and forth as you watched it with them. I am not going Mother to recount that, okay? But I'm just going to say this. He would have made more than two of 29. <laughs> Here's the thing about that highlight that was so great. They had like two seconds left. He inbounded the ball. The guy passed it back to him. So, okay, Max, you shoot it from further back. And he did, and nothing but net. I'm not going to tell you about all the Go on sentimental. Go on, let's hear it. Satisfaction that it brought me to see him succeed Former like that. Bull, they didn't know what they had. They let him go. Did you know he was hurt? No. And he had surgery. I'm hurt. The Bulls let my, him go. My soul hurts every He's, time you talk about him. He starred for the Heat. Pauses at the left elbow to Struess for three. I got a carafe. Put that Struess juice in it and knock it back. That is not me for the I, record. I've got a carafe. <laughs> Can I have a carafe? Why must you of Struce juice? Why must you not enjoy I'm a local sorry. guy making make good? That, there's something wrong. I do enjoy it. It's just it's been I've you've you've gone on about him so much. I did not play the highlights. You you know what? I'm sure you called Brandon. I'm sure in the drive in you were like so excited. I was excited. Struce juice. I was very excited. Where's the carafe? Well, he's really He's good. He he's could very hit, good. he could personally hit more than two three points every day. <laughs> I know, All and right? that team's dangerous. The, the Cavs in that Eastern Conference, you got the Cavs and the Celtics at the top. You wonder about the Bucks, they're never going to be ruled out. No. And but I've the, been watching that Giannis thing on uh have you seen that? No, Prime? have not yet. Uh they have a documentary on Giannis, which is fascinating. I got to catch up. I was watching Tom Skilling last night with Brant Miller. I, I got to tell you, I, I I am behind. I think I'm an episode or two behind, but I've been watching that the uh, the the Patriots thing too. That's super interesting. I've heard good things about that. I want to watch that. Yeah, you would you would really enjoy it. I uh, just because we were there through all that. Yeah, you, know? you when you we kind really of interesting. are covering the league in the midst of yes. that, and then you look back and things that you didn't know were going on were going on. Right. Always fascinating. Always good stuff. Yeah. But I, I it's it seems like we're in like a sports documentary and you know glory years. I mean there's just so many good sports related documentaries that have been released over the last I, few years. That's interesting. I don't ever think we've been in a bad no phase. No, we haven't. But what we've done now is they've done they've, a, such a great job of understanding job. how to tell those stories yes, better. They do. They and I think that also well. everything's related in the media. 
the written word has been so diminished that I think that sometimes these visuals and the way it's put together, yeah. there's a bigger audience and an appetite for that. I, I just think that there there are um, there's an expertise to what they're doing that comes across in, in, when I'm watching these things. And it, it makes you kind of say to yourself, like, wow. Yes. I wish that was going on earlier. But there, there are just, it, you know, the, the technology is excellent, all the footage. The understanding, the, the context. To look back at it, yes. and it, it's just a different It's feeling. a golden age of storytelling. It really is fantastic. Yeah. I think that great. Netflix has created a lot of – uh, yeah. A wider audience being it's, able to expose yeah, yeah. to that kind of thing. I, I, we didn't talk about this, but the, um, was it the Screen Actors Guild? Something was on SAG. SAG, SAG Awards. Awards. Yes. Okay, so that Screen Actors Guild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's just too much stuff on television, <laughs> I, and I mean it. Like they were, they were given awards to things I'd never heard of, mm-hmm. and there are all these things out there that apparently are just phenomenal. And I was literally like gobsmacked at how little I knew of what was going on. I've I've tried I always try to watch all the Academy Award nominated movies before you get to Good the luck Academy with that. Well there's now like there's twelve of them or yeah. something. I mean it's just too many. But I've wa- I've done I've made a dent in it. I've watched a lot of these movies. It is just I don't know how in the name of God you can compare Barbie to Oppenheimer to past lives, to, you know, whatever the... Well, there's two different things just talking about there. The one is- Obviously, the, the, the movie industry, which has made a comeback yes. post-pandemic now, and there's all yeah. kinds of Oscar-nominated but there's also too films you want to see. Generally speaking, But then you're much. talking about the almost like the oversaturation of the television you, market. You, you would have to watch television 24-7. All the time. You'd have to just catch up on TV. Well, because gone are the days where the networks are owning all of the network shows. and it's, right. you, know, you know on Friday night you're going to watch this, and on Sunday night you're going to watch that. It's streaming. It's all of the different uh, opportunities and options out there, and that's why there's shows that are winning awards, critically acclaimed, that you've never heard of. Never heard of them. <laughs> Never heard of them. So, and it's my fault, and I apologize. It's not fault. It's not anybody's no, I, fault. No, I just, I there are now. I have developed gaping holes in my cultural understanding. A pop apparently. culture. Yes. Yeah, it happens. And I, I at one point in my life considered myself a pop culturalist. Is <laughs> did there, you? Is there anything? Did that you really? I swear to God, yeah. I used to. I thought I was kind yeah. of up on stuff. Well, I think that once you start to think that. Then maybe you've fallen for the into the trap because you're never going to quite know everything about everything. But I I like a lot of different genres of music. I'm not just stuck with country and western. <laughs> and so I that was that's just another a shot. joke. That We've was been a joke. minutes of been taking shot after totally shot. That was totally a joke. You know who else likes country music? Max Max Struess. Does he really? Yeah. See, I knew there was <laughs> something. Um, but I, I honestly I I. You know, now I don't even know who's dropping what or what's going on. It's just too much. It's a saturation of too much creativity, too many things going on, and it's virtually impossible to follow all of it. It really is. But it's it's a great luxury because you'd much rather have it this way. Oh, I I mean, I suppose if you stumble upon something that you haven't seen. Like during COVID – Mm-hmm. I watched Game of Thrones mm-hmm. just because I was bored and, I, you know, that was tough and you, you were stuck at home and you were trying to keep active and hit the gym, you know, go out mm-hmm. and walk around. But you also had some dead time to fill. 
and I watched this Game of Thrones series. It had already ended, and people were having parties and all that stuff. So I guess I kind of, I guess I saw it, but I didn't see it in real time. Well, COVID allowed a lot of people to catch, to catch up, up on, on things, right. and since that happened, people got into habits, and they started to appreciate maybe these series more, so everyone wanted to make more of those series because they were popular, and right. they thought there's a chance to make some money, there's a chance to do something creatively satisfying, and here we are. Yeah. We're, here we are challenging your ability to stay on top of pop culture. Yeah, I, I think um, we have a texter saying we need a Graffold documentary. We probably don't need that. you lose 100 games a year. That, it's almost like you got to try. I'll tell you what that. we would want to see in a documentary. I would love to see a documentary while we're talking about it. This might be a good pick six question. What would you, is the, uh, the rise and fall of Jerry Reinsdorf in Chicago. Has Jerry fallen? Yeah. Okay. Oh, no doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, in terms of stature, in terms of popularity, in terms of clout and power, and, and just the things that we but have been criticizing in the last that, week or I so. Mean, that, that's just age, isn't it? Like, it's at a certain Still point. interesting. Okay. It, because when you reach a certain age and you don't understand necessarily or grasp the fact that you are limited in a way that you weren't 20 years ago, 10 years ago, then I think that alone is compelling. Yeah, I, I, you know, I had a conversation with someone um, yesterday about Jerry and just how, you know, he was so sharp when he was younger. And you look at him now, and it's kind of like, what, what are the moves you're making here? Like his, he just, just generally speaking, he's got the old playbook, but that's, you know, that's why it's compelling. Everything. That's the, why I said the, that the game I, has changed. Yes. Yeah. And he really hasn't. No. And I think the failure to adapt makes it interesting. From a dramatic yeah. standpoint, you could really have a documentary about the rise and fall of Jerry Reinsdorf. Right. And it, I'd watch it. It's funny. We have a texter saying we should do a documentary on Ryan Poles and the quarterback decision. Could be. Caleb Williams see, could be. But see, here's the thing. Behind the scenes. You know, but here's the thing. Like, to me, it's really not that. It, it, this isn't difficult. This is not, you, you know. But it doesn't have to be difficult to be interesting. Oh, I, I understand this, that. This is very easy. But this is it, a this simple. Is, this is, it's not a debate. No. This, this is, is a not, consensus. This is not that hard. No, it's not hard. Point. It's not, I mean, if there were all these twists and turns and th- different things, we haven't seen that happen. What we've seen is the Bears seemingly doing what they're supposed to do. So far. You know, yeah, I mean, you just, it, it, let's go Jerry Angelo on the thing. Uh, floors and ceilings, right? So you look at where you are, you're three years into a quarterback, and, you know, you kind of have an idea where the floor is and where the ceiling is. You do. And you should. And so whether you want to or not, the idea of restarting the clock and bringing in a different ceiling is almost impossible to ignore. And I think that eventually they're going to get to where that is. They probably have been leaning there all along. The stuff we heard yesterday seems to hint. It confirmed at exact- a lot of what we yes, thought. It did. I think yes, when you talk about it, the documentary, though, to get back to that, you don't necessarily need suspense to make it compelling. And I think there's not much suspense around this decision. I think it's been manufactured largely. Who, who's the compelling figure? Caleb Williams. Is it Justin Fields? Is no. It Caleb Williams? It's okay. definitely Caleb Williams. We know a lot about Justin Fields. I think his story could be compelling in itself. Before I, you make the documentary, you, you need to get to the finish of that story, though. You need to know. You know what I mean? If Caleb Williams. But you got to shoot is, it as you go. Mahomes ish. Yeah. Then, ooh, 
you know, how did that happen? And what, how, why was that? If a we're decision? producing this, yeah. I am, I got a crew with, with Justin Fields in the Bahamas or wherever the heck he went on vacation, right? Because I want to get his reactions when he actually is when he hears this letting stuff, when he heard yes his guard down when he heard what he if he's paying attention he's not on Instagram we know that right so I want to contrast that with well, he might whatever be on Instagram he's not following the Bears on maybe Instagram. and what's Caleb Williams thought process throughout this week and what's he doing to respond you, to all this attention he might not talk I heard that. I mean, I, I'm aware of that. We're going to talk about wild. that. That's kind of wild. It's a, it's a, it would be, it would be a mistake. It would be fairly unprecedented. It goes back to this stuff about not having an agent, not having someone that's going to make sure that you don't veer away. Not having counsel. Yeah. Everybody needs some good counsel sure. in their lives. Good counsel. And I think that Caleb Williams, yeah. whether uh, you know, he may be getting advice, but it's not all good advice at this stage. If he right. chooses not to talk, he will reinforce some of the concerns that have been so far unfounded and a little bit unfair. But if he doesn't talk, I think that's going to be a problem. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And not just like a bunch of reporters complaining about, oh, geez, we need this or that. I think it's just a bad look. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think it's tough. It would be tough. Yesterday was an interesting day, though, in Indy. I thought they really – Yesterday was an interesting day in Indy, not just with the Bears. I mean, the Bears are the lead story – and if you if you um, tune in anywhere, the lead story is the team with the number one pick Always. and with the quarterback. Always. We understand how compelling the mm-hmm. story is and why it's reported in the way it is. But there were like four or five different things that happened yesterday where you're kind of like, what? What did he say? Like, did you happen to catch Sean Payton talking about Russell Wilson? Oh, my gosh. Does Sean know they haven't cut him yet? He never disappoints. Oh, my God. And it comes right on the heels of Russell Wilson telling Brandon Marshall he expects to be at Denver. That door's closed pretty tightly. Apparently, no two Super Bowls in the next five years. So, Um, so that was wild. Atlanta Falcons had a day. Um, Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris came out. And basically, if you you read between the lines, he said that they got to do – What's right for the city? You want to go get the best fit for your people. You want to go get the best fit for your coaches. You want to go get the best fit for our city. Oh, by the way, Georgia native Justin Fields is on the market. Exactly. And then he said something like, he was like, oh, everyone's going to jump on that. Now, like he knew. Of course. He shouldn't have said the best fit for the city. And there's reports. that's what he said. NBC Sports Chicago is reporting the Falcons have checked in with the Bears. Of course course they they have. Of course they have. But my favorite nugget is one that you unearthed when I walked in after I got done crowing about Max Struess, that you told me <laughs> that the Minnesota Vikings hired Josh McCown to be their quarterback's coach, which, yes. I, which I thought was, oh, you know what? He That's was, interesting. He was nearly a head coach. He's nearly so a head coach. he may as well be a quarterback coach. But he spent a lot of time in the South. He's from North Carolina. Yes. I, what's he doing in Minneapolis? And then it occurred to me, after you told me, he, he coached one of these prospects in – As a high school as a coach, high schooler. he coached Drake May. Yes. In high school. Isn't that hilarious? It's hilarious. It makes me wonder. And by all accounts, he made him a better man. And they hugged on senior night. He's a great guy. Josh McCown. Josh McCown makes everybody a better man. Josh McCown. Dustin, do you remember standing at camp and talking to him? He was just a – he was kind of a half non-entity. We we were just kind of killing time, and I started talking to him. Dustin's with me. How about that conversation? Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, we must have talked to the guy for for half an hour. But everybody who covered him had that experience. Anyone who's ever been in his wheelhouse has had – I mean, 
it literally, Dustin is right. You you come away from that conversation and you're like, oh, that guy's. A but great already dude. in Minnesota, He's a great dude. within a day of that happening, there's yes. speculation that that move yeah. will now lead to they're trade gonna, speculation. They're, gonna trade up and get they're Drake moving May. up. <laughs> they're going to go in the top five, and they're going to take Drake May, pair it. him with his high school coach, and watch them get the franchise quarterback, which Mike Florio said yesterday they haven't had since Fran Tarkenton. Think about well, that. And Mike, as you know, huge Viking Big fan. Big Viking fan. Yes. Yes. So he doesn't consider Kirk He disrespected Cousins. Tommy Kramer. He ignored he Kirk Cousins. He disrespected Tommy Kramer. And I'm telling you. He's gone too far He's now. gone too far. <laughs> uh, and you know who else oh, was the quarterback awesome. for the Vikings that had a pretty good stretch? It was a short one. Jeff George. Oh, boy. Remember him? David, you know, we, we've we've covered all bases. We got uh, Santa Claus. Uh, From Max Struess to Jeff George. You and, you and Jeff George go to see Santa Claus together. I have my favorites. And uh, Max Everybody Struess. does. Good God. Everybody has their favorites. But you, but you brought him out of thin air. I did and, not. He and, was a Viking quarterback who had some and, success. And, and nobody liked him. He's an Indiana boy. Thank you. Where, where, what, what was his deal? He, like, he... <laughs> He declared that he was going to go to – where did he declare? He was going to go to Il- – no, he went to Illinois briefly, then he went – He right. committed to Illinois and Ron Turner, right? Yeah, but he was – Oh, no, gonna, he ended up at no, Illinois. Commi- yeah. I think he first committed to Miami or something. That's right. And then he committed – then he went to, to Illinois. Or then he, then he went, he to, went Purdue, to Purdue. Yeah. Then he went to Illinois. I, I mean, and then look at his career. He literally, like you, – you mentioned he had a good run with the Vikings in a year and a half there. He was everywhere. He was with the Falcons. He was with everyone. Yeah. He was all over the he was league. A Raider. He was with the Bears. He was with the Bears. And the two of you went and saw 2004, Santa. we saw Santa together. <laughs> I'd like to think that you just happened to run into him, but I really think you arranged I it. I think I maybe, maybe arranged it. I don't remember. It's a long time ago. But, yeah, we were bonded by, oh, so by our high school careers, and it was a lot of fun. It's so Jeff funny. George. Anyway, we got a lot of, sh- lot of stuff. Yeah, we got to talk tons. About today. We got we to get to all of it. We've got the pick six. We're going to tear apart all the stories of the day. We'll have some fun with them. And uh, some are horrible, but most intriguing. Pick six next, Mully and Haw on the score. It's pick six with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick six with Mully and Haw starts now. Do you agree with the general consensus that Bears GM Ryan Poles' comment on wanting to, quote, do right by Justin Fields is the busy, biggest indication yet that the Bears plan on trading their starting quarterback? I think you guys know me uh, well enough now. I do, if we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So, did uh, Ryan Poles shed a little light on the future of Justin Fields? Yeah, I feel like he did. I I just feel like when you are talking about trading a guy and doing right by him, that means you're trading a guy and you want to do right by him. That's exactly what it means. I mean, you you can go down there. I think we all understood what the Bears were kind of debating and dealing with, and they didn't tell you flat out, here's our quarterback plan. But I, I thought... I thought that was, you know, clearly they under, they're talking to people. 
there are names coming up, and Justin Fields is on the block. I, I don't think there's a shadow of a doubt about that, honestly. So um, it, it, it felt like a confirmation of what we already sort of anticipated. Well, there's no doubt that he's on the block. There's no doubt that the phone lines are open. He's talking about putting a DND on his phone. Phone won't stop buzzing and ringing because of everything going on. But you could also look at it the other way. And this could also be a way of trying to drive up the price sooner rather than later. We know that Poles is anxious to, to get to where they're going. He does not want to wait. I mean, they've got two months. right? They've got two months until they have to make that first pick, April mm-hmm. 25th. Okay, Not quite two months, but two months. So this also could be trying to drive that price up by saying that we want to do right by him, you know, if indeed we go down that path. If we go, if, yeah, if, I, I, if, it, It's if. happening, buddy. You're going to have to wrap your mind around it. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think they've concluded what direction they're going. The reports are they've done a lot more background work on Caleb Williams than we yeah. might be aware of. And this is, it's, it's a hard to unring that bell. Now that you've talked about not wanting to, uh, uh, you want to do right by Justin Fields, it implies that there's a concern about the perception that you're doing him wrong. And how would you be doing him wrong? Trading him in his eyes, in the eyes of maybe your locker room. You've got to be aware and have your eyes wide open that this is going to be a perception issue you're going to have to address. Things will take care of themselves. Players defend players. They don't necessarily welcome rookies guys who haven't proven themselves. This is the rhetoric you expect to hear in an NFL locker room, all the support for Justin Fields. What happened yesterday was the Bears kind of were unified in the message. And I think when you hear them talking about wanting to uh, not live in the gray, that was a phrase that Matt Eberflus also repeated several times during his various interviews. They are unified in this message. They are, I think, uh, in in, in consensus internally about what Mm -hmm. direction they're headed. Yesterday was, I think, as strong as they've been. And you don't have to be you know, Dick Tracy to figure out all the clues and how they fit together. This is a team getting ready to draft Caleb Williams. You don't say that you want to take care of the guy unless you're actually going to be trading. Unless you're really concerned about yes. what you're going to have to do when you exactly. inevitably trade the guy. Yes. I'm not talking necessarily about a pick six or something like that. That's the voice of Brad Biggs. He'll be here at 7, Biggs time, 7 o'clock, Mully and Haw. Was Ryan Poles being so open and transparent about the state of the contract negotiations with Jalen Johnson's a tactic that left the ball in Johnson's court or a genuine update from the heart of the Bears' general manager? I'd like to avoid the franchise tag uh, for him. I think there's a really good space uh, for us to find a middle ground. Um, again, we always have the tag to, to use, but I really would like to, to get something done long term with him. So, general uh, good guy, Ryan Poles, or another tactic in negotiations? Shrewd move. This was everything <laughs> but handing Jalen Johnson the pen and say, okay, ready for you to sign now. My terms, our terms, you're well paid. I'm, I'm not suggesting that it's not a fair offer. I bet you it's very, very good. And I think it probably reflects the fact that all the metrics point to Jalen Johnson being one of the top five cornerbacks in the NFL. I don't know if it makes him the highest paid cornerback in the NFL, and maybe that's what he wants. We don't know how he feels. We're going to probably hear soon at one point. But I do think that as much as you want to applaud Ryan Poles for being open, and yes, it's great that there's a good relationship. He wants to keep him, wants to avoid the tag. All those things are good. 
But just remember, all those things are negotiating tactics. This is now easy for him to say and for the Bears to claim the higher ground because they have been open about everything, and they're going to pay him the money. The cash flow's good. <laughs> Did you hear him talk about yeah, that? Yeah, that was funny. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, now let's get a deal done, but I do think this is all part of the dance. Yeah, probably right. Probably part of the dance. It was probably the newsiest item that still came out, unless you think the newsiest item is that they're trading the quarterback because they're going to do right by him. I mean, that's debatable, and that's what we do in this segment. Um, but, yes, I mean, they're going to try to make Jalen Johnson look like the quote-unquote bad guy if they tag him and pay him, what, $21 million a year to play cornerback? 19.8 cor- is okay, the tag. Okay, yep. So $20 million a year to play yep. cornerback in the NFL? Pre- pretty good. I-, I don't feel bad for anybody if that's the case. Hmm. I mean, this is a really interesting negotiating technique. What he did was, you know, look, I don't think there's any shadow of a doubt that they're not giving Jalen Johnson everything he wants. But they want to give him a contract that will keep him here for a while. And they're trying, he's 24 years old. You can get back on the market and you can get paid later. We're going to, we're going to, oh, the money flow is really good and the guarantees are good. It's not great. It's not what he wants, but we're negotiating and. Rather than give you the the highest contract and make you the highest paid corner, I'm sure that's what he wants. We're gonna give you like a little bit more, and we're gonna put it, the ball in your court. Look what we're offering you, and if you don't want it, then we're gonna tag your arse, and we'll see what goes on. You don't want to get into a Chris Jones deal with this guy where you're tagging him year after year. Right. You want to get him to sign a contract. You also apparently don't want to give him a contract that is just a no-brainer and he signs it. You're negotiating. So it's an interesting tactic. I think he's he's playing the good guy and he's acting like it's all they're doing right by the guy. And now it's up to Jay Leonard. If he decides not, then, well, he's a greedy son of a guy. But that's interesting you point that out because him saying that he could still hit the market at a point in his career yes. that he could take advantage basically tells me that he's offering three and that they want five. Yes, that's what <laughs> yeah. it sounds like. There's going to be a lot of questions on the draft process. If you don't believe Ryan Poles was spilling the beans about the quarterback plan, did Coach Matt Eberflus do it for you when asked what he looks for in a quarterback? You know, I look at the guys that can operate third down, two minute, and in, in the end of the game situations. That, that to me is what se- that's a separator. Given the Fields was the 34th rated quarterback in the fourth quarter, 28th in passing yards, and was the second ranked with six fourth quarter picks, is that a telling comment? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, you know, you got to be able to play well in the fourth quarter. You, you know, your guy does it. He doesn't play well in the fourth quarter. They haven't won a lot of late games. They've blown a lot of leads. Are we being honest about it? Six picks. Only one other quarterback in the league had uh, more than six picks. That's not good. I think among among all quarterbacks, his passer rating in the fourth quarter was, what What does it say here, 34th. Bailey Zappi was, wait, wait. was the, the only guy. There There's only 32, 32 teams. teams, right? Right, okay. right. But, just, just but 34 players qualified, yeah. 35 guys qualified, and he was ahead of just that one player. It's not good. And, I mean, 
And then when he was on with uh, Parkins and Spiegel, I thought that he, I don't think he changed his tune, but he did talk about Mahomes running late in the game and how that can be some. So he kind of toned it down a little. But when I heard him say what he's looking for in a quarterback, you felt, well, that, you don't have that guy. You don't have him. Well, how about get the quarterback some more weapons or play better defense so you don't have to worry about that stat? But, yes, it is, it's telling. There's no doubt. But, again, isn't every coach, if, the, if every coach is answering honestly what they're looking for in a quarterback, you'd be looking for this. I mean, right, you'd be looking for a guy who can win a game with the ball in his hand at the end of the – everybody oh, wants on, a guy. I mean, listen, we all want – we all want – I don't know, six figures in our checking and our savings account. We all want our house paid off, and we all want a quarterback who can win with the ball in his hand at the end of the game. Hello. When when you are asked a specific question and you know what you're talking about and you just happen to list traits that the incumbent quarterback, aren't those aren't strengths of his, you've got to be able to read the room and understand that what you're pointing out are the flaws of the quarterback who's on his way out the door. Wouldn't you be disappointed if he didn't say he wanted that in a quarterback, though? I think that there are ways to talk about this without necessarily implicating directly Justin Fields, who was the 34th-rated quarterback in the fourth Come quarter. Come on, Dustin. I mean, this was that to me is the separator. This to me explains why there's going to be a separation and then a, a divorce. <laughs> okay, they Justin Fields and the Bears are nearing a divorce. Matt Eberflus unintentionally, perhaps was more specific and more pointed yes. about this than Ryan Poles was. And, yeah, maybe this is the case that you would say that about every quarterback, but that is – we're talking about one. We're talking about now. And they don't have that guy. They don't have that guy. What did you say? We're talking about practice, man. Okay, we're not talking about practice. We're talking about the Bears talking, in 2024. We're talking about practice. And the Justin Fields not a game. is not meeting not a game. the standard not a game. his head coach established yesterday for all of the NFL media to hear and to see. Listen, we're talking about practice. Oh. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. I'll take your questions. I don't have, I don't have much to say about this. Can I just interrupt briefly to say that I loved Allen Iverson as a player, and I remember being at the Indianapolis Combine and they were playing the Pacers, and I went to that game one night because I wanted to see AI rather than hang out in the bars and try to talk to people. It's great. So you weren't doing your job? No. I chose my fandom for uh, a great NBA Slacker. Thank you. No regrets either. Didn't miss a thing. Which home run in Tuesday's White Sox-Dodgers game game was the most enjoyable? The Sox shortstop Paul DeYoung, first of the spring, or the Dodgers Shohei Otani, first in his uh, final A-B? Anything else about the Sox effort stand out? Well, Shohei was going to homer. You knew that. Paul DeYoung going deep was a surprise. But that game was about Garrett Crochet hitting 100 on the gun. Thank you! My goodness sakes. This is the wrong question! Well, come on. I mean, which, which at bat was more fun for you? Shohei Otani's bloody no, hold home on. run don't, don't, or his don't, don't get carried away. I mean, strikeout looking. Don't, don't try to stitch something that isn't there, Crochet. I think that oh, no. you you understand it's all about Otani. Everything is about yeah. Otani. Striking out looking. No, the seven hundred million dollar man did strike out looking, but he also went deep. 
Uh, yesterday was about Otani's debut. Who that was he go deep again. That was the national story. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Oh, Shohei Otani, whatever he does on a national stage is the biggest thing in Major League Baseball in any given day. And he did that yesterday. Garrett Crochet locally, microscopically, we're you know looking at everything White Sox, looking for looking for something positive. Garrett Crochet hitting 100 on the gun, big deal. Setting down the one, two, three in the first inning, big deal. Those are all former MVPs. I hope he doesn't wake up hurt. Oh, man, you're, you're pooping on the parade. Again. Well, if the Sox are going to do anything this year, Garrett Crochet is going to be a big part of it, right? But, you know, it, like little things. I mean, of course, it's Shohei Otani by a landslide, right? I mean, the guy no. just – What? Not a chance. Well, it, it, based on the question, the, 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 to answer the question, it, it's not Paul DeYoung. I mean, who did Paul DeYoung hit the home run off of? I'll go back to the question. For $100. Yeah. Who did he hit? I don't remember. Yeah, see? Exactly. So who's, it didn't who's matter. In, who's in camp? Garrett Crochet – you know, I, I mean, here we are. What What is it? Like 2024, right? So let's say, I don't know, 35 years from now, he's sitting on the porch having a little lemonade and his young grandson comes over and says, did you ever play against the great Otani? Well, I, I remember the Tom. He doesn't speak Why does like he talk that. like that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm giving him a, When did he adopt I, that I'm accent? Trying to, I'm trying Give him an elderly, southern sort of a draw. 69-year-old Garrett Crochet. Uh, yeah, 69 years old. I remember I remember Otani going down on four pitches as he stared at me after I hit 100 on the gun. Come on. That that was the greatest moment maybe in the oh, White God. Sox season. I don't know if you Not heard. Not since Tim Anderson <laughs> hit one no, into, the, into the, the corn have we seen that glorious White Sox down goes Otani, the KC at bat. It was awesome. Did you not awesome. get Craig Council's memo, results don't matter in spring training? Yeah, I know. That's just fun. It's fun that he struck him out. That's a great question. What a waste of money Otani is. What do you make of the Cubs trade with the Sox to clear the 40-man roster spot for Cody Bellinger? Did you like seeing reliever Bailey Horn, a former Sox fifth-rounder, traded uh, to the Ryan Tapera deal that land back with the Southsiders? For former second-round starter Matthew Thompson. A whole lot of names there. Yeah, you know, it's really weird. Like, Matthew Thompson was one of those high school kids, and they took him, and there were, I think they took a couple of them. I think he was an over-slot second-rounder. And I've been – he's still super young, but we've been waiting to see him for a while. He was eligible for that, um, you know, whatever the draft is, you know, where you get a guy and he has to stay on your team. Rule 5. Rule 5 draft. And they, no one took him. So, you know, now you're trading him for a guy. Well, it's just, I mean, that's, that's got to hurt, doesn't got, it? It's just, <laughs> it feels bad. So, you know, the Cubs got to move somebody to make room for um, for Bellinger. And, and you get Bailey Horn back, who, by all accounts, how old is ba- Bailey Horn? He's about 26, maybe. He's kind of, I mean, he can help the Sox in the bullpen. Anybody can help the Sox in the bullpen. So I think it's a nice deal. For the White Sox and for the Cubs, they get a guy who, you know, has been inconsistent but is still young, and he's yet another arm in their in their great uh, collection of minor league pitching that they can, you know, they got a bunch of guys that are kind of like their 30th best prospect, and here's another one. 
Well, let's hope that someday we have a Bailey Horn, Matthew Thompson, Cubs, Sox game that means something happening, and those guys are on I the liked mound. It. Otherwise, I, liked it. I mean, okay, great. So the, 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 they make the trade, and it works out because Matthew Thompson doesn't have to be on the 40-man, so it clears the spot for Bellinger. Okay, Dustin, if you say the names Bailey Horn and Matthew Thompson again this season, I will buy coffee for everybody that day. Because well, that's, but, but that's I mean, just not going to but be. But you may say Bailey Horn again because he may end up on their roster. Maybe. I, I don't think Matthew Thompson's going to. I think it's maybe. unfair unless he says Bailey Horn, <laughs> you know, traded for Matthew I don't Thompson. really drink a lot of coffee, Dave. Well, I'll buy whatever you want. Red Bull. Well, now uh, he's, he's going to say it because he gets orange something. Orange juice, Gatorade, whatever it is in the morning. Whatever gets you going in the morning. Bailey Horn and Matthew Thompson – this is a transaction that was just one, – there's one reason this matters and we're reading their names this morning. Belly's back, okay? Belly is back. We're belling up to the bar. It may be half full, it may be half empty, whatever. He's back. He's going to talk today. He's got his money. He's got his swag. The Cubs are favorites in the NL Central. Everything is well at Sloan Park. You know, to answer your question – all right, we have to talk about it. How do you feel about the Bulls today after their matchup against one of the worst teams in the league in the Pistons? Is it fair to still evaluate Billy Donovan as a coach, given how many injuries the Bulls have suffered? I really think this is going to be one of those things that is a fair question at the end of this year, the way that it's going. The wheels are falling off. Mm. And I think that when you're four games below 500, you lose twice to the Pistons. And last night was the low water mark for this season. It was bad. And as bad as you think it is now, I wonder if it could get worse. And if it does, I don't know what direction they're headed, except except for this offseason cannot be in a, cannot be another offseason where there's belief in the status quo and running anybody back. Maybe everything must go. Maybe it's gonna be one of those clearance sales, everything but Kobe White. I don't know. But when they play as poorly as they did last night, two for 29, you got to re- try really hard almost to miss that often. I like Billy Donovan as a coach. We're on record for really enjoying all that he has brought to Chicago. But what's going to happen next year? Who's going to be playing for the Bulls? And if you're changing the roster dramatically, what do you do with your coach in a league that goes through coaches quicker than any other league? So I don't know what direction this is headed, but after last night, you don't like it. You don't want to look, and you want to just look away. Well, there, it's word embarrassment, shameful, rock bottom, awful. That, that, those are words that you could put on that performance. They, they, I, was, I watched that game last night. They should have been up 10 at the half. They should have been up 10 at the half, and they were playing really good. They, they, had, they had a lot of good moments in that first half. But they should. They all of a sudden it's five, and you start thinking, huh, maybe. And, and I don't know what's up with Io. I don't know even even. I mean, Kobe White can't shoot straight all of a sudden. It's like the the timing of the All Star break could not have come at a worse time for him. And it's like, did he do anything during during the break? Did he put up any? Did he put he, up any I shots? Think he went and saw Caitlin Clark break the scoring record. Seriously, he went to Iowa. He, and he compared her to who? She might be a better shooter than him. I said <laughs> he it, He compared her to Luca. Just, if you're That's drafted. an interesting comparison. Um, okay, and I mean it. He did do that. Um, look, 
Okay, this is an unpopular opinion that I'm going to express, and I do think people are going to jump all over me about it. But I don't know what else to say. Billy Donovan called it an outlier, and I'm going to choose to look at it in that fashion. It's like there's there's like a field full of sheep, and somehow one got away and got stuck in the wire. That's how you have to look at a game like this. That's how bad a loss it was. It was it was losing to an absolute garbage team, and they they played well. They did they did work hard. I think the fact that they had lost the game on a bad call the night before and their coach went off and they went crazy, that ended up somehow fueling them. This is, it has to be an outlier or the season is over. There's only like 21 games left. I expect the Bulls to play better. I I, I mean, look, you know, if Torrey Craig was alive, this would never happen. I mean, he can hit a three-pointer, unfortunately. Well, he's out two to four weeks. He's he's not alive now in our minds. I'm saying available as opposed to alive. I, I don't know. I, I know logically I should sit here and I should scream and I should swear and I should tell you how awful they are and they got to break up everything and they got to. But the fact of the matter is it was an outlier. I'm going with Billy. It was just one of the worst things that could happen. And you can't expect that to be the norm. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but if you're going to mm-hmm. make a move of any kind, you got to beat that team. You cannot have that kind of outlier. There's been too many this year. If they were four games over rather than four games under, totally I would right. maybe be in agreement with you. But I'm only going to push back a little bit because this is a team that has had, you know, when you're talking about rock bottom, you've got to compare them to like three or four other losses that qualify. Yeah. That could qualify. I the the, the opponents kind you're of right. get blurry. Yeah, but this is not a team that has earned any anybody's benefit I, I, of the doubt. I, and I totally agree with that. I'm just saying the alternative is to just you know end end the season, to just get rid of everyone and honestly shut down the franchise because <laughs> you just lost to a team that has. Nine wins on the year and two of them are over. You would like to see Jerry sell the Bulls before I, he sells the Sox. I, no, I'm like, break them up. You know, defunct. That That is that is the only other option than saying, uh, you know, we're going to throw that one out. You know, flush it and move on. I, I know that's sports adage nonsense. I know everyone gets peeved when you say that. To me, it's like the Ramblers, you know. They had a terrible loss. They went on the road. It was oh, a trap game. They got rough. a big game on Friday. That was rough. And they just they did not play well. And they turned the ball over ugly. for a living, and it was really hard to watch. Ugly. Sorry about that. But that happens. That happens. I'm going to call it an outlier. I'm calling – I right now will declare that Tuesday, February 27th doesn't count. Never happened. Outlier. Never happened. Yeah, the spring training stuff. Okay. I, I'm sorry uh, to Garrett Crochet. But none of it happened. Bailey Horn was never traded. Bailey Horn's still a cup. <gasps> I said his name. Who was he traded for? <laughs> I'm not falling for that. <laughs> I'm not falling for that one. All right. <laughs> we got the extra point next. Mully and we're all looking for a coffee. Mully and Haw on Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670 the score. Caleb Williams isn't expected to throw, and rumors now have begun to swirl that he might not take part in Friday's media session when the quarterbacks have their day at the NFL Combine. What would you think of that? 
I wouldn't think it was good advice. I think that it's not just a reporter complaining about wanting to hear somebody go in front of a microphone and provide content. I think that this would be doing uh, unnecessary damage to his reputation that I think he could take the opposite approach and repair it. He could re- Because right now there's a lot of questions surrounding Caleb Williams and very few of them have to do with what he does on the field. They're all related to what he what his state of mind is about playing for the Bears. Ryan Poles was asked about that yesterday. Matt Eberflus will be asked about that yesterday. It'll come up likely today when they meet Caleb Williams for the first time. What what these media sessions are intended to do for these prospects, as Dave Wanstead has told us, is to clean things up, to put your best foot forward, to let people know who you are, and also dispel some myths about your that, that might be uh, unfounded and unfair. If Caleb Williams chooses not to make himself available for these kinds of things, he misses an opportunity to do that. He'll reconfirm some things that you, you know, the worst thing said about him. So this is where I think having an, not having an agent would hurt a young man like that or a prospect like this, even though he's going first overall and Ryan Pulse talked about the contract certainties. We know all of that. But what an agent can do is remind you of some boxes you just have to check. And in my mind, Friday or any time at the Combine, the prospect has a chance to connect with the media and talk to a potential fan base. That's one box you must check. It just doesn't make any sense. What is he hiding? And if we were just simply whiteboarding up Fields and Caleb Williams, this is a massive checkmark against the guy. And you could say, well, I don't care what he has to say. All I care is that he can, you know, have the ball in his hand in the fourth quarter and do some good things because that's what Matt Eberflus wants out of a quarterback. Okay, right, so do I. I I want a guy with the ball in his hands that can do something and not give the ball away. I I agree. Thank you, Matt Eberflus. Um, But this is weird. And And David, you mentioned about the Bears talking to Caleb Williams today. That's what's supposedly on the schedule. Do you think in that meeting they say, hey, Caleb, do do yourself and do us a favor and get out there and talk? Get out there and get in front of this? Because that's going to be a bad look. Again, unless behind the scenes, and maybe this is the reason, maybe behind the scenes, this is already a done deal. The Bears have the number one pick. Caleb Williams is the supposed generational talent. He's not going to throw. Is he going to get measured? Is he going to go through the measurement? Because there are rumors, you know, that he's just barely six foot one. How big are his hands? Remember how big of a deal that was? What's his what's his hand measurement? But maybe this is a done deal. So why should he talk to the media? So he doesn't let it out of the bag that, hey, the Bears have already uh talked to me and they've already assured me I'm the number one pick in the draft. I, you know, I think that um I think it's complicated. I think it's a mistake if he doesn't speak. That's just how I feel. There's so much confusion as to who he is and what he wants and how he views playing in Chicago, you know, maintaining his eligibility, which is over now. Um, Just all this, you know, does he want a piece of ownership? He was asked that supposedly in a conversation in, uh, in Los Angeles. And he like was, well, who would say that? Well, his dad had apparently said it. So I think, you know, his father is uh, his father, Carl Williams has like, known since the kid was 10 years old that that he's going to be this great quarterback and they've kind of 
built him up to be this great player. And he has expressed disdain for the draft process and all of the, the you know, kind of the bovine picking apart of every injury and you line up and the cattle comes in and we prod you and try to determine uh, whether you can play or not. He has expressed the kid has it. So we don't know how to separate that stuff. That's why he should talk. He should come out there and he should say, you know, hey, yeah, you know, I want to be the first overall pick and I look forward to playing for whoever dressed. That's, that's just the nature of It's real easy to answer most of these questions. But I think that maybe that's why he doesn't want to talk because he knows any goofy thing his father has said about ownership of a team, whatever it might be. This whole nonsense with remember Colin Cowherd had this story that oh he doesn't want to play in Chicago his, right. his camp can't stand the Bears and then they had a he had a double back and say he well backpedal the next day exactly so I so wonder if I there's wonder some if of that here too that's what I'm saying yeah so I think that it's just but I mean it's always good to just come out and show that you are you have this kind of star quality to you and show some personality and. You know, and if you've got nothing to hide, you have nothing to lose. That's it. And I don't know that he has somebody probably in his ear. And again, we all could be falling for this because this is a rumor as we referred to it. This is the yes. speculation, the whispers among the media in Indianapolis. And they're probably getting it from some of the agents who might be motivated by not wanting to put the best spin on anything related to Caleb Williams. I remember being in a downtown elevator with a buddy of mine and this guy got on and he was kind of, he was a little odd and the guy gets off the elevator. My buddy says, was that guy squirrely enough for you? And I just love the use of the word squirrely in that situation. It made me laugh. Is he squirrely? I mean, do we know? Is Caleb Williams squirrely? I want to make sure that he can just go up there and speak like he's calling a play in the huddle. There's nothing in his USC examples of him publicly speaking and handling this kind of uh, situation that would suggest that he's squirrely once he talks. That's what I'm saying. Now, maybe getting him there, but that, that's, that could be I, the I mean, issue. I mean, honestly, has he got a little, you know, vermeil to him? Is he afraid that as he thinks about, oh, he's going to break down? You, is that what it is? I don't know what it would be that would stop you from talking other than I'm so The fear fed of crying? I'm asking. I I don't think that's. I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think so. But I wonder if if there's got to be a reason that he doesn't want to stand in front of a group of people. Probably because he might not want to give voice to some of the rumors that he feels like might be unfair. That's all they're going to ask him. He's literally going to get every question about whether. See, I would want to get to the the microphone as fast as possible to clear things up. That's what I'm saying. I, I want to like. Uh, for, for for the record, do you want to go to Washington because of Cliff Kingsbury? <laughs> you've, you've told the Bears. No, I want to go to Washington because it's my hometown. <laughs> exactly. Okay, there you go. Oops. Oops. Yeah. Did I say that? Yeah. Out loud. I, but I I'd like to hear from the guy. Yeah. Everybody and you're would. right. They, these rumors have been ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Colin Cowherd. What are you doing? I mean, it's just nonsense. It's stuffed in nonsense, and a lot of it is. Um, a lot of it just needs some clarity. Now, the Bears, it's interesting because Ryan Pohl said yesterday there was no doubt in his mind. They've done their research. They've been working with the kid. They've talked to him. They don't believe that he doesn't want to be a part of He what said that pretty definitively. He, he also did. described Caleb Williams 
and he talked about his strengths in a way that I thought was very telling as well. I agree. You're not doing that unless you, number one, have already evaluated him to some degree, and secondly, feel comfortable enough to share that opinion publicly. All right, that's fun stuff. It's just fun to think about why the guy wouldn't want to. Dustin says he's got something to hide. You got him, you got him breaking down in tears. I got him for mealing it up, you know? Damn it, they were bad. You would think that that might open up some opportunities to, like, endorse Kleenex or something like that. Kleenex. All right, this is fun. You're a little weepy. 312-644-6767. What would you think if he didn't talk? Would it it stop you? And I'm I'm sure we got a lot of people who are not happy with our take on what the Bears are going to (laughs) do. No, they're not. Or what we heard yesterday. If you didn't like it, tell us why. 312-644-6767. Mully and Haw on the score. Do you have any concern at all that Caleb Williams or the team around him don't want to play in Chicago? No, no. No concerns about that at all. I I would love to know why if that was the case. Like I said, I think um, as a young quarterback, and I've been around it, the infrastructure is important, and I think we've made really good progress in terms of having really good infrastructure for whoever were to come in or if Justin were to stay here as well. Hmm. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 the score. That's Ryan Poles. No concern at all regarding whether Caleb Williams would want to be with the Bears and the infrastructure's there for him, David. Well, it is now. It's in better shape now than it was in the last year, the last three years, and I think that's the point. And that's what – you look for these kind of clues – when you don't have certainty. And so when he's talking about the infrastructure being improved, why did they do that? Well, they've stacked the deck with Shane Waldron. That is another <laughs> Waldron deck reference. I love that. Well, they are trying to build a foundation. There you go. And this is all part of that. They believe that this quarterback could park himself here. <laughs> with the Waldron deck? Definitely. Forget it. Uh, no, does anyone understand that? The, the Waldron deck is where the media parks at Soldier Field. I think what you're trying to say That's is the Waldron deck is where the next Soldier Field will be or the next <laughs> Bears home exactly. stadium will yeah, be unless, planned. Unless the taxes, unless, unless you knock off trying to charge them a exactly. dime. So tomorrow's pick six will be who would last, what will last longer, the Waldron deck or Shane Waldron in Chicago, <laughs> which will be standing in 2025. Well, I think. How about the? How about the? The uh, I, I will get to the phone lines, and I'm sorry, but how about the state of Illinois telling the Bears and the and the Sox like, hey, get together, tell us what you want. Don't be coming in here individually. Did you notice that? Yes, one? Yes, I did see that. According to Cranes, it's a very interesting yeah. approach. I like it. I also think that it reflects what we have continued to talk about: the appetite for public funding or assistance for these private projects for billionaires there's not a lot of it anymore even though it's going on around the country even though you can look at it and say oh that would be cool i love a shiny new toy Uh, not buying it let's try chris chris is downstate hi chris hey guys thanks for taking my call enjoy your show hey i just wanted to say that uh 
you know, this Caleb Williams thing, there's a lot more to being a quarterback than just going out there and throwing the ball. It's uh, how you represent your organization. Uh, this guy is no Andrew Luck. He's no Peyton Manning. He's more like Jay Cutler. Uh, he's not even a C.J. Stroud. Um, when you look at the reports that his own team was happy that he was gone, I think all of these red flags, and now you throw this in the fact that he doesn't want to face the media, that is a that is a problem well, for I, me, I, and I, I think it should be yeah. for the Bears. Chris, I don't know if that's accurate about his teammates, and I think that's an unfair assumption to make based on one interview that was taken kind of out of context from a former teammate. Right, Molly, you remember that one oh, where course. they said, oh, now we're a team. Yes. I don't think that was in reference to Caleb Williams or had anything to do with it. Right. I will say this, that I don't know if he's Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning or closer to Jake Cutler yet. I want to know, and that's why I feel like this would be a missed opportunity at Friday. This would be the first real evidence that you would, in my mind, have to maybe create a little bit of doubt about his mental toughness in a city, in a market like Chicago. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that there's been a lot of criticism um, toward that stuff with this kid. And I, I think he'd go a long way to clearing all that up if he were to address the media, as, as pretty much every prospect is going to. Now, I I don't know what would give him pause, frankly. I really don't. See, are there are there issues that he just th- thinks his dad may be looking at it as yeah. a, a again this is I, I don't even like to speculate no I, I don't know what to, would give him pause I don't know but, because I, I look at it this way I understand the decision we talked about yesterday if he doesn't want to throw he doesn't have to throw you know why we know he can throw we know that's going to be not yeah. an issue no. at the next level he needs to he needs to you know you gotta. Figure out how tall he is, what he weighs, sure. you know, but his the throwing, hand size. I, I understand all the stuff that goes into You the can combine. only go down in the evaluation of his throwing ability if you throw. So I get that. But this is a different thing. It's different. He gets behind a microphone and you can only improve yes. your perception. And that's why it's an opportunity for him to do just that. Manage the perception. You don't have to throw, but you do have to talk. Yeah. Because you know what? The next role is going to require – you're going to do a lot of talking. You are the face of the franchise, and everybody will work for you. And as a CEO of that company, if it's the Chicago Bears, you better get used to that. Yeah, I, I think it's difficult. Um, it's difficult for fans to be able to make any kind of judgment on someone if they don't hear him talk. I think that that he needs to go up there and well, and go through the same process everyone else is going through in order to connect with fans of teams and fans of well, the league itself. That's part of it, but that's not the biggest part of it to me. Okay. I think that's part of it because Bears fans are skeptical, right? Uh, there's a lot but, of skepticism but, but don't you think for that, some reason. Don't you think that the Bears management wants to see how he would handle this too? This is part of their evaluation too. It's all part of this, 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 this yeah, but what gathering saying, of information. What I'm saying is I don't think I don't think he needs to do a news conference so they can – make a judgment about how he does in front of the media because you can you can adjust that you can change that you can figure out ways of helping a guy show the right once once he comes to your team but i do think that just from from like just from a national football league perspective uh-huh. part of your job as the quarterback you are required to speak 
You are selling the product. So I think you want him to get up there and just even if he even if he's annoyed by whatever question, just handle it. Handle your business. Go about what you're going to have to do every well, there's bloody no doubt day. about it. And, 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 and there's nothing wrong with answering a few questions at the combine. We don't need to quibble about which is more important to the fan base or the management. Right, but right. but I think that it's all part of it is all part an evaluation of Caleb Williams, and I don't think you want to give people reason to doubt you. Right now, they don't have any reason, really, legitimately, to doubt him. If you take a pass on an opportunity to shape your image in a positive way, I would have some concerns about that. We're going to bring in our guy, Brad Biggs. He is the football man of the Chicago Tribune. We'll talk to Big Z next. What did he hear yesterday? What is he hearing as he uh, wanders about the combine and talks to – to everybody that is there. We'll talk to Brad Biggs next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Grand Bigs. Bigs time. Bigs. With money and haw. Bigs time. The Bigs Report. With Brad Bigs. Bigs time. Big Z. His name is Brad Bigs. Brad Biggs talks football with you. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Brad Biggs, the football man of the Chicago Tribune, a longtime contributor to the station and a valued friend. And he joins us, now joining us on the Circa Sports Illinois uh, hotline is Brad Biggs. Download that Circa Sports app today. Big Zay! Morning, Brad. Morning, boys. What's going on? Well, we are wondering, um, I loved your story, and I kind of heard the same stuff. You know, you don't talk about Justin Fields and doing right by him unless you're going to trade him. And they they brought up the subject, and he was, you guys know me, and it, it was just more clarity, I think, on what we all anticipate is going to happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how you kind of, openly wonder about 
what you're going to wind up doing with your quarterback unless you're going to be drafting a quarterback. It, for all the discussion and weighing these factors and looking at this side and everything that's gone into it, I think you can simplify it. When you get to the end of your three for a quarterback, you've got to be able to take a step back, evaluate the situation, and answer one question. Do we have a franchise quarterback here or do we not? And if you've got a franchise quarterback, it's time to pay him. It, it's time to uh, lock him up moving into the future, especially considering how some of these quarterback contracts have absolutely uh, been exploding on the market, and you go from there. If he's not the franchise quarterback, the sooner you can take a swing at getting your next guy in there that has a chance to be the franchise quarterback, the better off you are. Really, it's impossible in my mind to say that Justin has performed to a level over the three seasons where you'd say, yeah, they should pay him. He's the franchise quarterback. Like That's the timeline for how you reach these decisions, and no one's going to argue with people that point out that uh, he wasn't put in a very good situation in the first two years. No question about that. Uh, Not unlike what a lot of highly drafted quarterbacks have uh, encountered, but the bottom line is they don't have a franchise quarterback, and the sooner they can do something about that, the quicker they'll get to uh, the process of trying to hope they have one with their next guy. Whether it was talking about wanting to do right by Justin Fields or extolling the virtues of Caleb Williams, how surprised were you that Ryan Poles was, I don't know if I want to say forthcoming, but he was a little bit more telling in his comments than I expected him to be. Were you surprised? I wasn't real surprised because, you know, in my experience with him, generally speaking, when you ask, when you ask a direct question, you get a direct answer. Uh, and there's some stuff that obviously he's not going to be able to say or isn't going to say, but I, I thought he was pretty candid. Like, I don't think he wants to yo-yo around with Justin. I, I believe him when he says he wants to do right by him. I believe him when he says, you know, he'd like um, some some clarity in, t- tomorrow, um, which would be today because he talked yesterday morning. So I, I think um, I think he's, to this point, by and large, pretty much been a straight shooter. And um, and I think you, you can appreciate that about um, how he's uh, gone about his job. Did you did you take anything away from the Jalen Johnson stuff? Like maybe they're not offering him the kind of contract he wants, and uh, and yet they're offering him a good enough contract. I, I just am curious. He doesn't want to use the tag. He thinks that they're moving in a good direction. It was almost like he put it all on Jalen Johnson. Just yeah. sign the thing now, right? 
Yeah, well, and this is, you know, and at one point he said uh, it, it takes two to get a deal done. And we've always said that, guys, right? Like mm. it, it takes two parties to get a deal done. And remember, back in late October, he thought they were on the precipice of a deal. He he was of the belief that they had made some real traction and they were about to get something done. And then for whatever reason, they they weren't close again, you know. So um, and Jalen played well from that point on, and the salary cap has spiked. So I'm sure the price has gone up. But yeah, I think he's trying to send the message like, hey, we, we've got a really strong offer here. Jalen's camp uh, may have a uh, different interpretation, but there's the listen. There's three corners in the league right now that average $20 million a year or more, Jalen's going to be in that club. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, it's just a matter of uh, where. I mean, the, the, the top deal is 21. It's possible Jalen could top that just based on the way kind of business works. Now, when the Broncos get around uh, doing something with Patrick Sertan, you would think he would – become the highest paid corner in the league. But mm. I took it as a good sign yesterday, what he had to say. And, and I take him at his word that, yeah, he'd like to avoid using the franchise tag. I mean, they'd like to be able to uh, celebrate this because Jalen took on some challenges that he got from the team. Hey, we, we can't really think about a deal right now until we see some more ball production from you, which was sorely missing from his game and kind of remade himself this past season. I think the Bears want to celebrate that with Jalen. So, Brad, we're less than two weeks away from the beginning of the free agent you know, negotiating or contact period, March 11th. And I think when you hear Ryan Poles saying he would like to get a deal done today or tomorrow, in the case, in, to quote him directly, I do wonder how quickly this could happen in, in, as it pertains to trading Justin Fields. What are you hearing and what is realistic? Yeah, I well, it doesn't really matter if it's today or you know March whatever thirteenth um, in terms of having it go down officially. But I, it sounds like yeah, they'd like to have something done before free agency starts, and it just makes it, yeah, you know you got to think about it from an acquiring team's perspective too. And I wrote that not long ago, guys that. You know, there's no, there's no real timeline for polls here that is super important in my mind. The more important timeline is that of the uh, a team or potentially teams, which would be an even better situation that are thinking about making that move for Justin. You've got to, you've got to be respectful to them saying, hey. Um, we're going to be in or out on this by such and such date uh, because otherwise we're going to have to pivot. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you would hope that uh, in the next couple of weeks, if your polls, you, that you've got something um, completed. Um, you know, when we talk about all that they have to do, you know, they, they got to meet with a bunch of kids they got to talk to like every team known to man. They got to figure out what they can and can't get. 
Um, you know, if you start putting together a list, it's a really busy week for these guys. Um, how how are you taking all this in? As you are around the combine, you're talking to people, you're meeting people just in line getting a coffee, you're going out, and you're hooking up with people. Are you hearing a lot of scuttlebutt about the quarterback go round? Is that the number one story at the combine? You know, yesterday you had uh, Sean Payton. I don't know what that was, but apparently they've they've already cut Russell Wilson. Uh, it was fascinating to hear that Josh McCown coached uh, Derek, or excuse me, Drake May when he was in high school. That was hilarious. There's just all these things that are popping out. Uh, including Raheem Morris talking about doing the right thing for the city, which would indicate maybe they're interested in Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, doing the right thing for the city, like doing the right thing for the city is finding the best quarterback, right? I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that's getting right. that's getting yourself a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, yeah, uh, quarterbacks are the number one thing. I think it's been a little slow so far when in terms of catching much information in regard to free agency. You know, there's a there's a there's enough of a gap between the end of the combine and the start of free agency now. And they introduced that um you know two day window for negotiating for agents that's kind of taken some of it out of it. But guys, there've been years in the past here where the combine would basically roll right into the start of free agency Mm -hmm. and there was no such thing as a negotiating window. And you would have, in some instances, a a week or less than a week. And so deals were being done left and right in Indianapolis. That's not the case right now. I mean, you're having meetings going on, but I know a whole lot of high-profile agents aren't even arriving until later in the week, guys. So those those guys who are, are going to have meetings set up with you know, 16, 20, 24, 32 teams, they haven't even started going down their list yet because they're not even in town. How strong is the speculation, Brad, that Caleb Williams might pass on the opportunity to meet with the media on Friday, and how much damage I, might that do to his reputation if he does? Somebody mentioned that yesterday kind of offhand and I said well where did you hear that and well I don't know where it came from so I I don't know like that would seem to be a pretty uh a painless uh thing that he could go through is it going to damage him with the teams I they would ask him about it they would ask him about it you know when um he skipped the post-game media thing after it was the UCLA game at the end of the season for Southern Cal, I asked a national scout that I've known a long time. I said, hey, "But this, like, I know you don't really care, but th- is this obtuse to you? Like, would this bother you if you're looking at him? And this this guy's team has a quarterback, so he he's not in the market. And he's like, I got to think about that. And he thought about it for a little while, and he said, Yeah, he said, you know, your your quarterback's got to be the face of your franchise. <clears throat> it, it, just do it. He said, you can sit there and answer questions and not say anything. Like right. just go through the exercise, you know, show that you're comfortable as that guy in front of the team. Um, but man, where there's just, 
there's more room, <clears throat> excuse me, there's more rumors with this guy than anyone I've ever seen in Indy before. Like, and, and I just, some of the stuff I think has just been total uh, hogwash. Um, so I guess we'll see what happens, but uh, I'm, I'm not losing sleep over it, Dave. And it just sounds so kind of wild that I, it doesn't, doesn't add up to me. Well, I, you know, I think the thing to keep in mind, and I, I'm not defending the kid, but you are not required to speak to the media right. as a college athlete. Now, in the NFL, you are required to speak if you are the quarterback of the team. So, to me, and you're right, I mean, oh, he wants a piece of the franchise. All this stuff that apparently his dad has talked about in the draft process and, and, and you know, how much money he's looking for and what he wants and he doesn't want to play here and he doesn't like that. You just need to clarify that. You just need to go up there and, you know, do the job you're required to do in season and just get through it. It's not – no one needs to hear you wax eloquent. You just need to kind of – shoot down some of these crazy stories. Yeah. Yeah. And I just fear that like he could be up there for 10 minutes on Friday and you know, it's like there'll be some screamed questions about what teams he thinks has have interest in him, and screamed questions about some of these wacko rumors and, and that it's that he's going to be walking away from the podium because the time's going to be up and you're going to like, Huh, I didn't learn anything about that guy today. So we'll we'll see we'll see what shakes out. Brad, it was undeniable to to it was difficult not to read into what Matt Eberflus said about his ideal quarterback and what he looks for when he talked about the situations and he listed operating on third down in two minute situations and at the end of the game. Those are not areas in which Justin Fields has excelled. Are we reading too much into that by saying, well, you know what, he was describing no what Justin Fields isn't, so that is another sign that they're moving on. Like, man, I'm done reading the signs. Like, it's... it's <laughs> I, look, I think I put in my column yesterday, guys, like, Brian Poles kind of gave you, you know, explained it to you here yesterday. If you didn't catch it after the end of last season, like, if you didn't pick up on what was going to happen by watching the last three seasons here's what the guy said. Yeah, like Iberflus ticked off. It wasn't everything he said, but I mean, you were just able to check boxes with, yeah, okay, Fields isn't good in that area. He's had struggles with this. That hasn't been too bueno. Um, I I think they've made it really clear to the crowd that wasn't sure. And um, for those that can't pick up on it, I, I don't know what to tell them. You know, I think what's what's extraordinary to me is a guy like Caleb Williams comes into the combine, will come into the NFL having made like millions of dollars in NIL oh, yeah. money. Do you know what I mean? Like this is these guys are in a different economic bracket than they've ever been before. In the last five years, it's gone through the roof. There, there's a some. College quarterback yesterday, I saw on the Twitter machine, inked a deal to rep like some private jet company. So he's going to, you know, in exchange, he's going to be able to zip around the country with his family and buddies or whatever in a private jet. Like, it's just. Like Johnny Manziel? Um, yeah. <laughs> Go to card <laughs> signings. 
So what's on the agenda today, Brad? What are you be looking for and uh, who are you talking to and what oh, position group? We're going to keep, we're gonna keep who I'm talking to under wraps. I got to ask, nice. Brad. I got nice. to ask. Got, you know. got a couple meetings set up uh, today and just trying to uh, you know get a better feel for uh, free agency, see if there's anything new, uh, any kernels to pick up uh, today in the uh, hallways of this uh, fine city and um, – you know, try to uh, get a better handle on some of the uh, position groups too. You're always you're always looking for a quarterback conversation, though. Uh, you know, I think what's interesting is obviously the Bears have eighty million dollars to spend in free agency, yeah. but every team in the league is armed in free agency. So I don't know that the excess amount of money means they're going to definitely get a lot done. I would hope that there are uh, some things that they want to get done in free agency. Maybe that's where they get a center. Maybe they're looking for a safety. Uh, but I, I don't think they're going to be spending money like sailors on shore leave. It just doesn't, hasn't been what he's done. Well, I think the biggest deal should probably go to Jalen Johnson. Sure. And then they could, they could pay good money to a center if they want to get one of the top guys that's available there. And then, you know, you've got to you got to kind of look to the future. You know, I think we're guilty at times of looking at the salary cap in a vacuum for one season, right? For they've got X amount of space in 2024, when really the teams have to look at it sort of in a two to three year right. window, right? And so. How do the moves that people think they should make now, well, how would that impact next year and the year after that? You've, you've really got to be diligent in that regard uh, to remain cap healthy. You know, we've seen the New Orleans Saints have to do some real gymnastics with their cap every year. I think the Browns just did a major restructure this morning. I saw maybe for Denzel Ward, the corner. Uh, Green Bay's got some tough decisions to make. So the Bears are in a really good cap position right now, and they need to be uh, smart, and they need to hit on the free agents they do sign uh, in order to stay uh, cap healthy moving forward when some of the younger players that they have on the roster are eventually going to come due uh, for, for second contracts. Great point. Thanks, Brad. We appreciate your time, buddy. Stay out of trouble. Have a great day, guys. Stay out of trouble. I'd say, I'd say get into trouble. I, you know what's I great about to get into trouble? What's great about Indy is, um, you know, you can just walk that whole city. So even if it was cold you don't have out, to, you never have to really go outside. You don't have to go outside. And you can, and you can like, I mean, I have in the past, yeah. like talk to a guy in a parking garage. You know, like mm-hmm. you can, you can find people like everywhere. No, yeah, well, it was. I, I was there one time. I got a tip on a racehorse. Michael Bernstein. And I went there, and I hammered the thing and lost. And then I could not get any money for like a 24-hour period because I think I was using a debit card on my hotel. I, something, something went wrong. But that, In Indy? Yeah. That horse race, I was penniless Oh, man. For you had day. to spend more time in Indiana than you, than you wanted or planned? That would be – I would have loved to have seen that. It's pretty funny. I mean, like, I couldn't go out. Stuck I in Indiana. I couldn't get – I it was I was just – Oh, man. 
I was Sans cabbage. I'm out, you know, trolling the bars, trying to find Stay people. Stay out of trouble. Something you just say. Drinking right? water. That's just, don't bet on the races. That's the answer. Yeah, that's good someone gives you a tip, run. 312-644-6767. I want to talk to you about artists and surgeons. Okay. That was a big topic of conversation yeah. yesterday. And it's interesting. Boy, people jumped on that idea. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 in school. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You know, there's two types of quarterbacks. There's artists and then there's surgeons. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. That is the, that's the voice of Ryan Pauls. He's the general manager of the Bears. He's talking about quarterbacks and, um, and the difference between them. The difference between, hmm. I, I mean, I guess you Jeff would say, King was a scout that came up with this yeah, categorization. Yes, and he, and he acknowledged that, that Jeff King had come up with it. And it's, it's, I suppose it's interesting if you're looking, you know, so – what would be why why are you laughing? <laughs> what? I suppose it's interesting. Well, I I think <laughs> that's, that's like faint, if you're that, okay, faint praise. If you're Dan Marino, right? You're a surgeon. You're a pocket passer. You got a quick release, and you're able to throw accurately to guys. But you're not creative in the way you play the game. You're more precise, and you're more cutting through different. If you're Patrick Mahomes, you are, you know, the ultimate artist because of your creativity, the different arm angles. He's pretty accurate, too, though. I'm sorry? He's pretty accurate, too. Oh, you, you listen, you know what the difference is with him? The difference with him, I mean, honestly, like when you talk about a guy, he, he's been to four Super Bowls before the age of 30. He's the first player ever to do that, and he's won three of them. Um, the difference between him and everyone else is – his confidence, his confidence seeps out of him to a point where everyone around him is confident that he's going to get it done. He's going to play the same way. He's going to make the play. He's going to get it done up to the last second that he has available to him. Right. I'm talking about in a game situation. He's going to win. Everybody on the field knows he's going to win. And that it's, See, it is this, that, that's what a multiplier the is. The innate confidence and inner belief and faith in yourself. There are a lot of things. There are a lot of categories. I do not want to uh, criticize Jeff King necessarily because I think this was, this came up kind of impromptu and I'm sure it came up in a meeting and said, well, you know what? We could look at it this way. There are definitely more than two categories. This isn't going to revolutionize the way we evaluate quarterbacks. This isn't Jimmy Johnson's draft charter, John Wooden's pyramid of success. This is not that. No. So I don't think we need to overstate that. But because there are already, you've mentioned one example of guys who fall into both categories. I, I think you can look at this as a means of maybe listing people in different groups as you, you know, in What's your pre draft. He's he's an artist. He's not a surgeon. No. He's not precise. Right. He's not exact. 
Yeah. Is that accurate? <laughs> you want your surgeon to be accurate. Oh, wait, that's yeah, not the appendix. I mean, you know, I, yeah. You know, so let me ask you a question. And again, this I mean, we're we're taking this too far. But do you want your surgeon to be like creative? Do you want or do you want him to be more precise? In you want him to words, be a rule follower. But yeah, exactly. You want him to, to buy the book. Yeah, you don't want him to be like, hey, you know what? If I just go around this little valve here, wait, no, I wonder what'll happen. You don't want to do that. No. No, not with open heart surgery. I think that when you talk about the improvisational skills of a quarterback, and every every good quarterback's got to have them. You're talking about the artist, the flair, the ability to create. But but like okay, let's let's you know Mahomes is here. Let's talk about Tom Brady. Okay, Tom Brady. I I would say if you were trying to evaluate him, he's totally more surgeon, kind of a short passing game quarterback mm-hmm. than he is creative. He can't run very well. He couldn't. He was more of a pocket guy, but he is that multiplier. His confidence and Brady, when he won a title with uh, the Bucks, it was because he knew how to win a title. It was because he could come in someplace, know he's going to win. Everyone on the field knows he's going to win, and you go and you win. And and I that is a quality that that maybe an artist has, maybe a surgeon has. It it, it is a quality of sort of perfection. That it is, it's an impossible that, thing to measure. That's why labels are confining. Competitiveness, and, and, whatever way you want to view these, it. These labels are confining. They're very confining. Because I do think it does limit how much one guy who falls into the artist category yeah. can do the other thing. And so I understand why they might want to distinguish one from the other, make that distinction because it makes it easier to evaluate or to categorize. But I just don't think it's necessarily... Uh, one of those and, things that everybody is going to find and now either everyone's or. Gonna it's grab it's at not it either use, or. No, no. It's kind of a combination of both. But, but I mean, if you're looking at a quarterback like uh, Caleb Williams, you would say that he's more in the Mahomes range than he is in a pocket pass. Well, see, that in was more words, interesting to me that yes, yesterday than any of this. Different we, arm we, angles. I was hearing yes. Ryan Poles acknowledge that. Yes. And and do what I think people can be reluctant to do. Yeah. Whenever you compare somebody to one of the greatest ever, you run the risk of putting so much pressure and and maybe exaggerating the talent of in this case Caleb Williams. But Ryan Poles wasn't shy about doing that. He talked about the different platforms, he talked about the different arm angles and the kind of ways that Caleb Williams can beat you, much the way that Patrick Mahomes can beat you. So he leaned into that a little bit more, and I thought because of the way he described Caleb Williams, it made me think that you know they are more they're more ready to accept that reality than may, they might have been a month ago. Is if you were you know, is Justin Fields more Picasso? Is he Jason Pollock? How would you describe his artistry? Uh, bold. Totally. Abstract. It was just a joke. I mean, you, I mean, you're asking a question. I can give you an answer. You ask me anything, and I'll answer it. I, I will try to answer it professionally. When, when I would say, when Fields went through his blue period, yes, I do think. I, I don't know enough about artists to get to pull this one off. As an impressionist, I think he should be more Lamar Jackson than he is. He is. I would say that is impressionism, right? A guy that that can just 
you know, somehow immediately paint a haystack. <laughs> and then we could interpret the haystack. We could spend hours interpreting the oh haystack. My God. Oh, Artist yeah. or surgeon. Yeah, I do just think there's more to it than just those two. I was a little surprised he went public with all that, but that's okay. That's good. It's good football conversation. And Ryan Poles talked a lot about things. I do find it interesting that they, I don't want to say rehearse, but they were ready for the messaging as it pertained to Justin Fields about not wanting to live in the gray. Yes. And speaking of art, you don't no, want that, to live in yeah, the gray. Yeah, but I mean, that that's the gray is, it's not black and white. What's your future? You're, limbo. It, he's but in they limbo. had the same term. Yes. Which is what I think that they sat around and, and they no figured out, to, how are we yeah. going to talk about this? How are we going to be consistent in, yeah. in talking about things we don't want to talk about? And in, in, in maybe being fair to Justin Fields, let's all say the same thing. The Bears were unified in their message, so I have to give them credit there. It's a low bar to clear, but they cleared it. If um, yeah, if if Fields were to cut an ear off this off season, <laughs> then go mind. go go. Yeah, it's just so dumb. It is pretty dumb. It's I and I, I, I mean we're being dumb about it, mm-hmm. but it, it is um, it, it was kind of funny to to hear that. I I do think though that. You know when you're when you talk about players, and, and I'm I'm just I'm throw out the surgeon and the artist and all that stuff. But when you talk about players, don't you want someone that that has a certain gravitas to them, that has the ability to sort of do something special in the big moment? And that's basically what Flusi was talking about when he was trying to describe a quarterback, somebody with the capability of doing something spectacular in when situations. You need it in, 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 those in situations. those situations. Do you think you can get a better read on that at the NFL Combine? I, I'm not sure. No. I think that's on tape. No, I think that's all tape. What the NFL Combine is about is... Measurables. Measurables and impressions. It's also about making sure that there's no hidden injury or there's no you know disease in a guy that's going to waylay his career. I, know, I understand that. I know you laugh at that. No, but, I'm I not mean, laughing at it. I'm but, not laughing but at Montez it. Montez Sweat ran what? Like a 4-4-1 or something? Yeah. He ran a 40 time that was unbelievable, but they thought he had like a heart issue, and therefore he wasn't drafted as high as he probably should have been. Well, I know that. But those types of things, you'd have to acknowledge. Like back in the day, maybe even 10, 15 years ago, those were – maybe more detectable or they would f- wouldn't find out until the NFL combine when it was more thorough vetting process medically speaking but these guys go through such exhaustive testing as college athletes now that you would think something would turn right, up right something would turn up more likely now than it would have 10 years ago yeah it's fair and you just wonder this is all about it's, it's you know what it is impressions it, that's all and it measurables is. it's about it's about finding reasons either to draft a guy or not draft a guy. You know, Bill Parcells would probably never take Caleb Williams if he, if, depending on how tall he is and what he measures. He just had a hard and fast rule about prototypes yeah. with the quarterback position. And, and he still, to this day, I, probably believes you shouldn't take a I guy. I think you've got to stay away from hard and fast rules I, when evaluating quarterbacks. I, I'm with you. I want to know how you would answer this, and maybe we can talk about this when we come back. We're getting a lot of this this morning. Hmm. Texters and some people on Twitter or X. Are you guys hearing what fits your opinion or what Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus actually said? Um, the answer is yes. <laughs> 
Of course. I answered the same way. Affirmative. But we'll talk about it next. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. You guys know me uh, well enough now. I do, if we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. What about the people who live in Gray's Lake? <laughs> Not the same. Huh? Not the same. Gray's Lake's beautiful. All right. Gray is a state of being where you don't quite know where you're going to be next. Although I yeah, I think they're two different no, that's more like limbo. I thought see I Limbo's I, good. I don't we, I like we are we are parsing every bit of language yeah. yesterday. Yeah, we're, we're I surgeons. don't mind living in gray. We're we're <laughs> we're more artists about I think language. You're probably more artists and more probably more surgeon. Really? Yeah, maybe so. I don't know if that's an insult. No, or it's not. not. It's a compliment. Feel, oh, thank it's you. It's a compliment. You're probably more artist. I'm probably more surgeon. Maybe. Oh. Think about that. See, I got you now. I stumped no, you. No, you've stumped I, me. I, th- I don't think you've ever complimented me before. <laughs> I think that I have complimented you before. <laughs> Just kidding. I think that when you live in a state of gray, that's kind of where you want to be, right? The middle ground, I think the real estate is is definitely more appealing. Hmm. I don't like the polarizing nature of anything. So I would perf- prefer to be in gray. It's a tough place to be professionally, but I don't think that's an accurate depiction of where Justin Fields is. He's in limbo. He doesn't know. He's in a state of flux. I like that word better. He's in flux. He's he's living in the home of uh, unbaptized uh, souls. Is that, that it? Okay. I don't know where Jesus religion got limbo. into this. Limbo. Oh, limbo. So Jack, Jack be nimble. Jack be quick. We have been. Jack I don't want to say accused. The limbo <laughs> because accused makes it that's, sound defensive. I don't want to be. I don't want to be defensive here. We want to have a conversation about this. And if it is true, I think we want to acknowledge it. Are we hearing what we want to hear? And I and I would say no, because I think what it, mm. obviously I'm going to say no, but I think what it is is just when you have experience talking or listening to the way these guys talk about prospects, about the future, about the next move. Ryan Poles is right; we do know him by now. Matt Eberflus, we've heard him enough by now. And you know what? Before Matt Eberflus, we knew Matt Nagy, and then we knew. We go down the list of coaches and executives. There's a way of talking about things, and there's a way of saying things without saying anything. Yesterday wasn't that, I think, when you listen closely, they were willing to acknowledge that they're prepared to move on from Justin Fields, and they were willing to entertain the idea of complimenting and evaluating Caleb Williams. Those are two things that are new. So whether we want to hear it or not, or whether that fits our argument that they are better off moving on, is irrelevant. What we heard was two guys who were in decision-making mode and decision-making roles saying things that we hadn't heard before. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not disagreeing with that because I know what I heard, and, and it wasn't a confirmation bias. It, it really wasn't. I mean, the reality is that for the first time, you heard him publicly acknowledging that there, there's a good chance they're going to trade the quarterback. And they're going to try, if they end up doing that, they're going to try to do right by him. Which, again, what does that mean? It, I think, honestly, to me, it doesn't mean we're trading him to Atlanta. I think it means we're trading him to a place where he can play immediately. That's and, it. And to be honest Bingo. with you, 
that would be of more value in terms of who, if you're trading a guy. No doubt. If you're trading him somewhere where he's in a battle for a starting job, then you're not going to get the kind of payback that you want for a guy that's going in someplace to start. So I think just – I'm just using logic as I look at the answer to the question. I think you're entertaining the idea of trading him, and if you're going to trade him, you're going to make sure that it's a – position where he can play immediately and I'm sure they want to do that because they respect the player and they have an affection for Justin Fields the person it's also the right thing to do for the value of what you're no up. doubt about it yeah. there's some self-interest being served we're here. trading a we're trading Justin Fields to the spot where we can get the most in return now the question to that is my follow-up would be I acknowledge that is true but if it is a team within your division if it's the Minnesota Vikings Let's say. Would I trade Justin Fields to the Minnesota Vikings? Yes. I'm asking you that. Because that is one of those teams that they don't have a quarterback in free agency. They haven't come to terms with Kirk Cousins yet. They're talking about drafting a rookie. They might want a veteran to kind of bridge that gap. The the price of trading within the division would be higher than trading outside the division, uh, outside the conference, let's say. So I would it be worth it though? I would totally do it. Would you? Oh, I would do it. See, because, because if Justin Fields, I don't believe that Minnesota is Justin Fields away from a Super Bowl. Do Boy, I, I don't think they are, but I also don't want to. You don't want to help. Him I don't want way. to face him twice a year with the exp- with the possibility that he could make us look really foolish or regret that decision again. Th- there'd be a tax on doing that. The possibility of that happening. I, now I'm talking first round, not second round. See what I'm saying? Yeah, but I, you're not going to get that. I don't think. I I doubt they would meet my okay. ask. All right, but I would try to trade. If I'm trading, you would him, demand that. What I'm telling you is, if I'm trading him to Minnesota, then I want a Dylan Cease deal. I want your four best young players. You know what I mean? You almost structure would, a deal that you can't make. Yes. So you make you it's, almost that's have it. demand that's but not going to be. Would I do it? Yeah. I'd do anything for the right price. Even even trading within the division, even trading, <laughs> I trade them to the Packers if they gave because me if you're Jordan Love, if you're wrong, oh, I'm being, yeah, you're not being nice. If you're wrong or proven wrong in trading Justin Fields, yes. it's one thing to trade him to the Falcons or I trade agree. him to the Raiders. But, but if you're wrong and he's breathing down your neck in the division, in the division, then that's really loud wrong. Yes. and I don't think you want to be loud wrong on trading Justin Fields. I, I, I agree completely, but like I said, I would do it. For the right price. Interesting. I think that they mean exactly what you said when they're saying they're doing right by Justin Fields. What they're essentially saying is that we want to do right by ourselves, too. Sure. <laughs> I mean, look. It, and, you and know, it, hey, we want to sign Jalen Johnson. We don't want to use that franchise tag, but we don't want to give him everything he wants. That that's what, Here's you, the pen. That's how you operate. Yes. You are very shrewd in the way you structure things and sure. the way you discuss things. And they don't want to trade Justin Fields to a place where he'll be a backup because that would mean you're getting less in return for him. Uh, Okay, this is interesting. I said anything for the right price, and this guy calls me a hypocrite. How is that hypocritical? (laughs) That's not hypocritical. No. No. I'm saying I would make a deal to a team I'd face twice a year for the right price. Price. Yeah. In other words, there would be an added tax. Well, you just listen. said that with a lot of flair. A lot of artists have flair. Oh, look at you. Look at you. You wear something special. Abstract. We're going to bring in Dan Weederer. He's the award-winning uh, writer from the Chicago Tribune. We'll congratulate him on his uh, 
latest award? Was it the APSE? APSE Top 10 Beat Writing did a terrific job last Wonderful. year and got rewarded for it. Yes, great stuff. It's uh, Were you ever a Top 10 Beat Writer? Uh, not Beat Writer, no. Yeah. Column, yes, yes, but not Beat Writer. I uh, was in my own mind. I was the only beat writer for two years. You guys made me into a columnist because you beat me so often. That's not true. It is often. It's true. No. You had that ring story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. <laughs> Dan Wiederer. You've got a guy with, with credentials. You've got a guy with some qualifications. And now there's just when done at its best provides a level of steadiness and stability that helps create and stimulate success. On-air contributor for 670 The Score. Listen, we're not going to accept the status quo. We are going to push for more. We are going to strive for more. Co-host of the Take the North podcast with our own David Haw. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Dan Wiederer with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Bear down. Let's go. Mo- Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. And now joining us on the Circa Sports Illinois Hotline is renowned beat writer, celebrated uh, historical achievement man, Dan Wiederer. Download the Circa Sports app today. Congratulations, Dan, APSC. That is good stuff. Congrats, Dan. Thank you, guys. Uh, you guys mean a lot to me as teammates, and I appreciate you uh, saying that. Well, we love it. That's great stuff, and it, and it's well-earned. And um, I guess now we get to uh, how you you built up your reputation, talking about the Bears, talking about being an Indy. And, I mean, let's be honest. This is the lead story on all broadcasts, the fact that they apparently are willing to trade their starting quarterback, and they plan on drafting one with the first overall pick, at least – that was the take that everyone came away with from the combine yesterday. Yeah, Molly, this is such a, a fun week every year, but it's so much different this year with the Bears in the center of everything. It, it literally, you can't walk around a single corner in the convention center or in town and not run into somebody uh, that not only wants to talk about the Bears situation, but wants to offer <laughs> their suggestions on what they would do. And so um, you're in this mode now where, where Ryan Poles understands that pressure he understands the demands that are facing him in the weeks ahead and to his credit he seems very very calm confident and in control of things and so um you know we all kind of sit back and wait to see when moves are made but it sure seems like there is momentum moving in the direction of trying to find a suitor for justin fields and then continuing on in this quarterback vetting process to figure out who it is that that is going to be your top choice at that position i think we all agree and saw some of the same clues dan i'm curious what you think in terms of, of a comparison to Ryan Poles this year in talking about and weighing the options with the number one overall pick and maybe his command of everything versus the way he was a year ago at this time? You know, I, I don't think the command is any different. I just think his mindset is a little bit different. I think, you know, a year ago there was incentive to, um, you know, see things through with Justin to give him another chance to go through a second season to allow him – to prove himself. And then they did that and they got inconsistent results. And I think it just solidified in their mindset that they can settle for being fine or they can dare to be great. And they're choosing for the latter. Now they haven't rubber stamped anything yet or made moves that, that, you know, will calm the city down as you guys are aware of every morning with what the emotions are on this decision. But I think Ryan just has a firm grasp of what he's trying to do and what he's trying to accomplish. And it's guiding him 
in a way that I think sets a direction for the people that are around him as well. And that's, that's really valuable for an organization. You know, we were talking about what it means to say you want to do right by Justin Fields. So if you do trade him, that seemingly would indicate that you want to trade him to a place where he'd be a starter, right? A place where they're, they're down a quarterback. Now that would coincide with getting the best deal you could get for the guy. And that's a nice little uh, side element to it. But while doing him a large, you're also doing yourself a huge favor. Right. And there's a timeline element to this, too, that in an ideal world, and Ryan's very understanding that you're not in full control of this. Like you have other people um, that you're doing some negotiating with that may have different timelines in mind than you have in mind. But, you know, I think Ryan has such a profound respect for Justin that he would love to get him some clarity sooner rather than later. One of the things that was notable to me when when Justin made the appearance on the St. Brown Brothers podcast was kind of that feeling that he had of like, I don't know what I'm preparing for next season. And I like to use this part of the year to prepare. And I don't know who I'm playing with, who I'm playing for, what my offense looks like. And so there's that element to that. Um, but look, like there's, there's so many different balls that Ryan Poles is juggling right now. And, and one of them is, is also simultaneously trying to figure out this quarterback draft class and, and the landscape there. And this is such an important week in that regard to, to start to get in front of these guys uh, in meetings and, and feel out who you're, you know, gravitating towards and, and who seems to be the most sensible choice. Caleb Williams, from a talent perspective, there's no disagreement here in Indianapolis that he's the, the, the top quarterback in this draft by a significant distance. Well, now there's, you know, some other things that you have to dig out in terms of his DNA, his wiring, and, and the things that you're going to ask him to take on as the, you know, face and voice of the franchise in Chicago. I don't think that surprises me, Dan, but I do think that when you have somebody who has been in that position, the consensus number one overall pick for as long as Caleb Williams has been. Sometimes you expect in situations like the NFL Combine, settings like that to have somebody poke holes in whatever the consensus is. And I just wonder if you have heard much of that. Well, he can't do this or he's not going to do that. And if there are red flags to be found, where where does where's the origin of that? And have you heard any of that this week in Indy? From a playing standpoint or just overall? Overall as a prospect. Yeah, okay. So, you know, from a playing standpoint, the concerns that people have about him are minimal. You know, it's stuff that you can correct, you can improve, you can smooth out, and you just bet on the gifts. And the gifts are remarkable. You know, and there's a lot of things he can do that, that say, yeah, this is a guy that's going to put you in the playoffs, you know, five, five years out of seven. Now, the background stuff is where the chatter is really mushrooming up this week. You know, you have – uh, a dad who's unique. You've got a player here who doesn't have NFLPA certified representation and a dad who is, you know, described in league circles as heavily involved and, and calculated in some ways controlling. And so you've got to figure out, as I've said a, a few times throughout this process, who's in his ear and who's tugging on his arm. You know, it's who's giving him advice and who's trying to push him in directions that may change things for your football team. So you've got to figure this out because you're bringing him in, if you're the Bears, to a major market where there's going to be a ton of off-the-field opportunity, marketing chances, things that he can do to, to build himself outside of football while also having to digest the demands of playing quarterback at even a middle-tier level in the NFL. And it's, it's a, a really, really hard thing to balance. And so I think there is some concern in the league of, okay, how do we talk to Caleb and, and understand what his motivations are and how he will successfully compartmentalize and how he'll, he will handle being a 22-year-old in a world that throws a lot of demands at you, you know, and, and so you're going to have to gauge 
uh, not only where he is now, but how his maturation process will go in the next three to four to five to six years. And, and you know what's extraordinary, and, and we talked a little bit about this, Dan, is the guy reportedly made $10 million in NIL right. over the last two years. So you're bringing in, you know, this is, you're kind of bringing in a professional player. Uh, you're bringing in a guy that it's not like he's entirely reliant upon this job. So you you have to know internally what motivates him, how competitive yeah. is he, all that sort of thing. Because nowadays it's different than it was five years ago. When, when you're talking about an extraordinary amount of money, you know, we talk about this idea, Jerry Angelo used to love saying, the difference when you draft a guy is they got two things they never had, time and money. Well, I mean, you know, he was in college. He had money. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there's that much of a difference. Right. And, and, and now you've got just this new world, Molly, right? And, and these, these kids have to learn to navigate it. And Caleb's kind of one of these first new age, high level prospects that has dealt with it some in college, but then has to do it at a different level in the NFL. And one source said to me this week, like, look, there are going to be people in your, on your marketing team that are pushing you into things that they want you to do on a Tuesday. You know, you play a game on a Sunday, you go back on a Monday and your players, they have, Hey, we've got this opportunity for you. And they're not thinking about what the football team needs for the following week to win a football game. They're thinking about this is a great opportunity. And so you've got to figure out how to put guardrails in around yourself to, to make sure that you can, you can stay on task because look like, again, even playing this position at a middle tier level as Chicago very well knows is very, very difficult to play it at a high level and be one of these engine guys who leads championship drives year after year, you have to have a lot of stuff in place. Um, and then the other part of it, guys, is just the emotional maturity. And, you know, obviously the, the most high-profile example last year is, you know, crying in the arms of his mom after a 10-point loss and then saying in that post-game press conference that he wanted to go home and cuddle with his dog. You know, there's people in the league that say, look, like, that's all fine and good, but, like, you're going to be walking in to a locker room with grown men who are expecting you to be – you know, ready to go on Monday, the day after a loss and, and, and resetting and being that guy that if we've lost two or three in a row, you've got to be the battery pack that everybody plugs into. And not a lot of people are, are plugging their <laughs> chargers into a guy who's cuddling with his dog, you know, so you've got to develop some of that outward toughness and you don't have to change who you are as a person, but you know what I mean? Your, your skin's got to get thicker and you've got to, you got to kind of set your jaw and be that guy that people look to and go, okay, we're good. And that's something that people are still trying to feel out a little bit. Dan, I want to get your reaction to a story that just was posted about 10 minutes ago on ESPN.com from Pete Thamel, well-respected writer, longtime college football guy. He writes this, and this is a lead. Former USC quarterback Caleb Williams deeply admires Michael Jordan and Walter Payton, loves deep dish pizza, and told ESPN (laughs) he would be, quote, excited if the Chicago Bears take him number one overall in the 2024 NFL draft. Quote, if I get drafted by the Bears, I'll be excited. If they trade the pick and I get drafted by someone else, I'm just as excited. Speaking about Chicago, they have a talented team, a talented offense and defense. For anyone to be in that situation, I think they'd be excited. Look, like that, that, that's positive to hear, right? And Caleb's scheduled on Friday morning here to, to meet the, the huge horde of media for about 15 minutes at the convention center. And there's going to be a, a large contingent of people from Chicago asking some follow-up questions, you know, about what he knows about the Bears, how attracted he'd be to the opportunity they have, how his meetings have gone so far with the people that he has met with. You know, one of the things that, that, you know, the Bears have to do a little bit is sell themselves in terms of the vision of developing him. 
They made a big hire, you know, a month ago in bringing Shane Waldron in. What does that mean to Caleb Williams? So you want to just start to, to get those early stage feeling out of, of where his mind is at. The Bears are first in line. They've got the, the right of first refusal or the right to, to pluck him up and make him their guy for the next four or five years. And so um, finding out how that, that connection is forming right now is critical. Pete's been very connected with Caleb uh, since he got into college, and so obviously that's a, a really good get for him to get him before he speaks on Friday. And um, nothing in there surprises me, but there's certainly some, some room for follow-up. It confirms what Ryan Poles told us that there isn't going to be yeah. – he's, he's of no worry about whether the kid wants to be here or not. It does do it that. It does. It does accomplish that. It, exactly it, right, it Molly. It makes him sound like he knows what he's talking about yep. when he said there was no issue. With yep. It. Yeah. It, well, if you guys are looking to learn more about Caleb Williams, I got something dropping tomorrow morning that will have a, a lot of different layers to it. Um, and and there, there's, you know, there's some good stuff here. It's, again, like fascinating time to be following the Bears and a fascinating decision that they have ahead of them. And, you know, look, like you can't forget the stakes of this. You know, that 2017 draft is such a a reflective point of reminding everyone that, like, careers are on the line. The direction of your franchise for a decade or longer is on the line. And so this making this decision, um, not only making it, but making it with good processes and and an ability to to get your arms around it is paramount to to putting your team in the best possible position for success. Boomer Esiason said yesterday that if you don't draft this kid, you should be fired. Of Ryan Pulse. And, and, and look, I, and I'm not saying there's any credibility to him saying that, whatever. But the reality is that this is the presumptive first overall pick. Um, you, are, you start talking about floors and ceilings and whether yeah, – have, yeah. have you seen the best one guy can be? You restart the clock. I mean, the, the easiest path is to do what everybody says you should do. <laughs> which is take the number one player in a draft. And I, and I don't know that I would fire anyone or get that heated up about it, but it just seems like as much as we torment ourselves about all this and worry about all these different things, there is a, there is a very straightforward it's path. It's pretty clear cut. That's it. Yeah. Molly, Molly, I was having small talk in the hallway yesterday with a general manager and I said, if you, if you figure out what the Bears are doing, just you know, give me a holler because I would like to put my uh, anxiety to rest here. And he just laughed and he said, you know, what they probably should do is just take the, the obvious best player and, and move on. But obviously it's good for the NFL if uh, this drags out for another five or six weeks and, uh, you know, everybody can talk about it and TV shows can lead with it and we can have, you know, another five, six weeks of, uh, of conversation about it. But th- that seems to be the consensus is that, like, look, like this is a pretty – um, easy decision, particularly from a talent standpoint, to just roll these dice, particularly in the situation Ryan's in. And so um, we'll sit back and we'll, we'll wait, but I think everybody kind of is anticipating a similar thing unless something of major concern springs up here in the in, in the rest of the process, which Ryan has been forward all along and saying, you got to be ready for that because every year something like that pops up somewhere in the draft and you just have to be um, agile in case it does. And just to clear things up, he does say in the same story that Pete Thamel writes on ESPN.com that just was posted, he will meet the media on Friday because yeah. he wants people to get a feel for, quote, who I am. So I think that removes some of those questions that he wanted to avoid, Dan. I think that was a, a, a bad rumor and it would have created more questions <laughs> about his character. So give us a little tease, newspaper guy. What will we learn tomorrow who did you talk to not specifically but what kinds of things were you trying to get at when you wrote the story that's going to be in tomorrow's chicago tribune 
Okay, yeah. So, I mean, David, the, the first point is really easy. It's just, okay, why is this player described as transcendent with some of his talents? What are, what are the things that, uh, from a playmaking gift standpoint, are there and are going to lift the Bears to new levels? And then we're diving deeper on some of this character stuff and trying to figure out a lot of what teams are trying to figure out, you know, in the next six to eight weeks. Again, this is just the start of the process here at the Combine. There will be pro day stops. There will be visits. You know, you assume that Caleb and his camp will agree to a visit at Hallis Hall here uh, in the next month, and, and we'll be ready for that. And so what are they trying to figure out? And what do people that know him uh, say about those things? It's a, a really good opportunity to just to just dive deeper on what this process is for the Bears. And so, um, yeah, it's been fun. It's a lot, again, like I've told you guys a few times in the last few weeks, people are really willing to chime in on this, this topic of conversation. But it, it has, it's been really easy to stand on the pier and cast the hooks and see the fish, you know, come right up to you. Whereas uh, in the past with certain Bears topics, you're just trying to find anybody who cared enough to, to give you the time of day. Um, all right. So, Listen, let's get this straight. We do not negotiate in the media. I want you to know that. Did Ryan Poles break that law yesterday when he talked about <laughs> Jalen Johnson? It felt like he was kind of saying, hey, we made him a great deal, and here's the, you know, here's the pen, sign it up, go ahead, it's all there, and you'll get out. It's probably not what the kid wants, but I found that kind of amusing that he had no problem talking about what a good deal and the growth and the money and the whole bit. This, this won't surprise you, Molly, but I had an agent after those comments were made yesterday say, say that he was a little bit off-put by uh, the public display of pressure that Ryan was putting out there. Look, like I think Ryan's <laughs> doing his job, and I think he wants the, the world to know that, that he is trying to put a fair deal out there. But, um, you know, Jalen's camp deserves a say in that. And so uh, one side saying we're really close, I, I, I said to David yesterday, it's like the, the – the, manager of the car dealership coming plopping down a, a stack of, of papers in front of you and putting the pen say just sign here and you're like well wait a second I, I, I want to take a few minutes to digest what you just threw down in front of me and so um, we'll see how Jalen's camp reacts to that and if they're able to to get something done before the franchise tag deadline which is uh, next Tuesday and that's uh, an important deadline. Minute left Dan what stood out about what Matt Eberflus had to say on Tuesday? Well for me the most notable thing for anyone who's still trying to figure out whether Justin Fields is going to be here was when Matt was asked about uh, his values at the quarterback position and basically said that the, the separators are your ability to be successful on third down in late game situations uh, in two minute drill and have the toughness to understand when to stay in the pocket and when to get out of it. And it was like all things that described the opposite of what Justin Fields is great at, you know? And so that, that was the one thing that, that caught my ear more than anything. I also thought Matt expressed a level of confidence in his ability to, um, evaluate quarterbacks, which I think is rightfully under question <laughs> by other people. And so, so Matt's trying to set that record straight. We'll, we'll see because you do have a defensive-minded coach here trying to, to be a major contributor to a decision that, that, is, that is huge, and, and there's some questions on whether he is uh, skilled enough to do that at this point. Dan, thanks a ton. Congratulations again, and we'll look forward to reading your story tomorrow. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, fellas. Always enjoy it. That is our guy, Dan Wiederer. He is in Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine. Very good stuff from Dan. A very interesting story from Pete Thamel. We should get into some of the nitty-gritty because it just dropped and was posted when we began the interview with Dan. All right, we'll do that next. I was planning on asking you a big question. Oh, about, we can still ask that question. All right, I, I, I've I, got a question <laughs> for you. Okay. Which might be, this could, this is going, I, I have a question. <laughs> 
that is going to bring you to um, a, a certain area in your life where you're measuring one thing you love against another thing. I cannot this, wait. You are on the edge of the abyss I with can't this wait. one. Here it comes. It's Molly and Honda score. Oh, yeah, my phone won't stop. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. So we're going to get into this uh, this Caleb Williams story. But first, mm-hmm. I have a question for you. And you can, you know, the, the Bulls host the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight, which means Donovan Mitchell's going to have a, a great night. He's right? going for 45. Yes. He's going to drop 45. But, but let me ask you this question. Okay. Who makes more threes in this game? Uh-huh. Is it Max Struess, your beloved friend Max Struess, who went Struess on the loose. Struess on the loose, and the Struess juice knocked down a three-pointer from behind the the mid fifty-nine court footer. Line. It was game winner, a game-winning yeah. shot. Beat the from Mavs before. I mean, like from his own end of the court. Yes, he, he would have won a contest. With that shot. Maximum distance for maximum Struess. Seven of ten on threes for the night. That's 70%. That's why he's there. And the Bulls last night lost to a really bad Detroit. How many threes did they hit? They hit two of 29. Wow. So who makes more threes tonight? Well, who I want to make more threes and who will make more threes. Same guy. Struess. He's going to have seven more tonight. Bulls are going to be six for 31. Loss. Put that Struz juice in it and knock it back. He's got so a you're carafe. cheering against the Bulls tonight. I'm not cheering against the Bulls tonight. Molly asked me what, uh, what did Who's I think was going to happen. Who's going to make more threes? Yeah. Back off. Is, is, is seven enough? Are the Bulls going to make seven threes tonight, Dustin? Yes. No. no. They are. Yes. No. Yes. Okay. What would make you think they're going to hit seven threes tonight? They're two of twenty nine. They're unhealthy. They don't have anybody who can hit a three. The, the guys that are White's the guys cold. that are unhealthy, David, weren't guys that were hitting three. Patrick Williams, ooh 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 ooh, is not a basketball move. Um, he's not playing. I was just asking. Uh, questions. I know the I'm guys that you. aren't playing weren't the guys that well, were Tory hitting threes. Well, Craig can hit a three, buddy. I don't know what, what you're watching. Let me tell you something. Troy Craig's injured. Yeah, he's been he's been uh, lost. Zach for injured. Ooh 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 ooh. Yeah, leave the cornerstone alone. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that uh, but it's I, a good I do, question. Well, you don't want to know what the Bulls are? Lost. Do. They are due as well. You know? Max Struess like plays very well against. The Washington general is the three-point shooters. But Max Struess does play very well against the hometown team that left him high and dry and neglected to sign him in this most Despite recent offseason. Despite your pushing. Despite me pushing. You did. You pushed him To the point hard. of annoyance to you, apparently. So well, I, I, listen, I get it. I, it was, it's more of a joke. I get it. Because you love the guy. You loved him. I like the story. The Paul, I like the family. You loved him. Really good story. You loved him at Lewis. Yes. Well, no, I didn't really know Before him at Lewis. The, No? Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm trying. But you know the family, and you, you but I'll, value I'll go, the guy. Bulls lose tonight. Struess okay. has seven. Bulls are six for 31. Donovan Mitchell has 45. Donovan Mitchell has 45. Okay. I'm going on a few few limbs there. He's pretty good. So the Cavs are a five-point favorite. Okay. I looked to see if I could find a prop. There aren't any props listed yet at Circus Sports Illinois, but I did see that they're a five-point favorite tonight at the, the UC. That's a good prop. It's a good prop. Good Who bet. makes more threes, the, the half-court guy or the team that just went to his His name is Max Struess. Don't forget it. 
Yeah. I yeah, I have a carafe. Another guy pretty good. We need to get to the Caleb Williams okay, story. I'm sorry. Because I'm sorry. We had to get to We're talking to Chelly, and we have a lot to talk to Chelly about, and I want people to know what happened this morning. Pete Thamel for ESPN.com, mm-hmm. who has a relationship with Caleb Williams, clearly wrote what I believe could be the most significant story about Caleb Williams in this pre-Jeff process. Because what it does is it answers some questions that have been nagging people, nagging us about whether or not he's going to talk Friday. Yes. Whether or not he would play in Chicago, definitely. What kind of young man is he? The kind of young man that recognizes the city he's going to and prays Walter Payton and Michael Jordan in an interview about whether or not he would like to play in Chicago. Savvy, intelligent, strategic, possibly. Molly, this is a very interesting story. A lot of good details about a young man that I think Chicago, once we get past this initial phase, this awkward phase, out of the gray, if you will, People are going to love Caleb Williams. I really think that. Is that crazy to think that? I, I think um, if Caleb Williams He's good. is drafted and can play, then they're going to love him. Mm-hmm. Of course they are. And they're going to see the difference that he will make. And I, I think that it's a, it's a very exciting time. I love what he said here because he basically said that um, – that he's not pushing any kind of agenda. In other words, he's not demanding that he be traded to anywhere in particular. He said that the Bears have the last say, regardless of how I feel. He feels nothing but excitement. That He said he's spent his whole life, you know, since he was 10 years old, dreaming of this kind of a moment, and that's all he wants to experience. So God bless him. I, I, I think it's great. I think it's important that he talks I'm glad that this rumor isn't true, that that he, you know, the rumor was he's not going to speak during his whatever, 15 minutes of, right. of media horde on Friday. He will speak, and that's good. We'll get to hear him. And we, you know, frankly, this interview gives you the basis upon which all of this is going I on. I think that's true. And, you know, Rich Mo's texting in. Come on. Peyton Jordan sounds more like something his dad would tell him to say. What do you want? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, you, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Come on, you, uh, appreciate the interview for what it is, and is, is somewhat revealing. And he was respectful. "Quote: It's appealing to be in a city like that." Talking about Chicago with legends that you've looked up to, reach for the standard they set and try to do something, try to do anything to get there. And then he talked about going uh, on vacation, went to Tokyo on vacation. Interesting choice. Now he's working out down in Florida. You know one of the quarterbacks he's working out with? Nate Peterman. Is that true? Yeah. Jeez. Nate Peterman. He's working out with a quarterback trainer, Will Hewlett, who trains Brock Purdy and others. And among the quarterbacks listed, Nate Peterman was one of them and just said he's, <laughs> he's working on uh, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Including maybe the Hail Mary throw. I th- I th- you know, here we got a text that Caleb's lying. What are you talking about? How would you say the that? The guy said everything you why, want to hear from him. Why would they why, say? Why would you call that a lie? He's, he's going <laughs> on the record yes. with a respected journalist yes. on a platform that is as large as it gets in our industry, and yet somebody has the temerity to suggest he's lying. Why did it take so long? Well, what do you mean? Why, why does that matter? What do you mean? Why does it matter? Why does it matter? Why, why couldn't he? He could have said this. He could have said this eight weeks ago. Maybe he did. Maybe he said it to them eight weeks ago. That's why Ryan Poles told us it wasn't an issue at all. So how do you know? He how is this a it? negative? 
I, I, it's, it's a negative because Dustin doesn't like no, the I fact. No, I never said. You guys said Tokyo. I said it was a negative. You I don't asked like the question. Wagyu beef. Why? Let's be honest. Why didn't he say this Thinks weeks or months overpriced. ago? Um, because, because everybody's I, I, saying that he said this, he said that. Now all of a sudden, he, no, no, you know, no, he's, no. he's sweating a little his bit. Father. He's his sweating father a little bit. I don't think he's sweating I think at all. He's sweating. I, I, he's think not sweating I think you're reading into it. Look, the, the deadline for declaring for the NFL draft was January 15th. Nothing that he would say before that was appropriate to address. And between January 15th and February 28th, there's been probably a ton of speculation. And as the story points out, he went on vacation. He's been working out. This is the appropriate venue to address such questions. So, of course, he's going to address it. I don't think the timing of it is suspicious at all. He, he's 22 years old. I mean, can you imagine, like, if I was 22, and I have been 22 in my life, had I a $10 million bankroll, I wouldn't have just gone to Tokyo. You'd still be looking for me. I would, I would disappear. If I, were, if I had $10 million and I was right out of college, I wouldn't be planning my NFL career. I would just I would go missing. <laughs> that's that's pretty depressing. How is that depressing? Knowledge. It sounds phenomenal. To be missing? No, I, I just mean be, like okay. I would You'd I would like in, in his in a in a cloud of fun. Oh my god. No, okay. I would I what I would do probably I've thought about this. I'd probably end up at some like, you know, I don't know. Central American port city, and I would get on like a cruise ship under a different identity, and then just kind of work my way around the world, and then I'd have my ten million whenever I wanted to stop. <laughs> what do you think? I think that's it's a great plan. Totally off off the radar. No one could follow you. Yeah, I love, I, I love that he went to Tokyo. I, I think, think it's very, awesome. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, did he get it, shoved into a subway? Uh, I don't know if he did or not with the squeegee, with the human don't squeegee. They, don't they, they have the human you? squeegees. Yes. yes. You've been there. Yes, I have. And those are intimidating. And did that happen to you? I, not happened to me, but I saw it happening, and it was a little intimidating, to be honest. I mean, just out of curiosity, if, if something like that happens, do you just grab it, whatever wallet you can get to? I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking for cell phones. <laughs> cell phones. I'm, 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 graduate, I'm grabbing whatever cell phone <laughs> is in the pile. Oh. I don't – I wasn't – I wasn't uh, – Moved by a human squeegee, but I did make sure that I avoided large crowds if possible. I was at the train station, yes, but super cool. It is pretty cool, and you know I think it's also like super safe, right? You didn't get mugged or anything. I did not get mugged. I found I found Japan to be a very safe environment to yeah. visit. It, you didn't worry about such things. You I went was, there to see uh, the home Sada, run. Sadahara O. Sadahara O. Spent some time with Sadahara O. It was a very enlightening experience. And my biggest concern there was the language barrier. Oh, really? Yes. I don't speak Japanese. What? I don't. I know that you're shocked by that. I am. You thought that all all, all of Hoosiers are very I worldly thought, and speak seven different no, languages. I just thought you were like a big fan of sticks. <laughs> I'm a big fan of tea. I did have a nice tea. So when I finally got to Sadahara, oh, we, we had nice tea together in, his, really? in his dugout. And does he have office? Could he speak English or did yes. you have a translator? He was, I, I did have a translator. I came prepared, wow. but he did speak a very good brand of English. Wow. And well, I mean, he fooled me, which wasn't that hard, but I think he was very easy to communicate with. The real home run king, Sadahara, oh. Yeah. If yeah. somebody, somebody texted, if he comes to Chicago, he can vacation in Wisconsin. 
Well, he's going to own the Packers. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. He's going to own the Packers. I love it. You know, uh, you know what we should do? We should, uh, we should ask Chris Chelios what it means to play in Chicago. Chris Good. Chelios was bleeding um, the Chicago flag and that glorious yes. speech that he gave. And I wonder if he thinks Caleb Williams will fall in love with the city. I got too. a couple other good questions for Chris Chalice. Yeah. Looking well, we'll forward to, to this. We'll talk to Chris next. It's Molly and Haw's Chicago Sports Radio, 6 7 of the score. As a kid growing up in Chicago, I didn't have any expectations of becoming a professional hockey player. It just wasn't the thing back then. There's only, I believe, six or seven NHL players from the States. And uh, I played it because I loved it. You know, that, that's all it was. I just loved skating, uh, never thought about anything, didn't even know the path that it took. But once I found out that it might be a reality later in my years, I was all in. I threw everything I had in. I, I worked as hard as I could. So many breaks, so much luck, and the faith, whatever you want to call it, I ended up here today, and it's amazing. I can't, still can't believe I'm making this speech, quite honestly. <laughs> this is crazy. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Now joining us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline is Chris Chelios, CircaLasVegas.com. Chris, it was a magnificent speech. Congratulations to you. And I think anybody that heard it knows that uh, that you have uh, you have love for Chicago in your heart, and it was extraordinary the way you expressed it. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Like, I guess it, it was a lot easier when I got up there than the, the last four months thinking about what I was going to say. But at the end of the day, you know, it made it easy because it was, you know, for my love of Chicago. And, you know, it, it's just too, you know, what a weekend, what a night. Uh, that, you know, the Wirtz family, I I'll thank them forever for what they did for me and my family and, and made that possible. It was incredible. What a great day. Yeah, memorable, definitely, Chelly. We had a great party for you at Kaiser Tiger. Bet MGM pulled out all the stops. It was tremendous. A lot of Chris Chelios fans there, a lot of Blackhawk fans there. I got to ask you, though, about your speech. Number one, how much help did you get? And secondly, you left us kind of hanging up. We all left wondering, what's next with Kaylee? Did she have her baby yet? Because that was concern there. You said that she might be the first woman ever to have a, a baby at the United Center. What happened? Yeah, we're yeah we were gonna play a joke when she was on stage with Eddie that water balloon breaking thing on the stage, but we said that's probably not in good taste. But uh, she had the baby yesterday about two o'clock, nine and a half pounds. Sophia Vitali. Oh, oh, everybody's fantastic. good. Congratulations, yeah. Grandpa. That's, that's great. great. Thank you. Yeah, that was icing on the cake for the. For the weekend, you know, Kaylee holding on as long as she did past her due date and then just delivering yesterday. So, yeah, it was great. Um, you know, the Bears are at Indy, and, and I know that this doesn't, uh, this doesn't matter as much as, uh, as we think, but maybe they're trading Justin Fields. Maybe they're drafting Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams came out this morning and spoke, talked about – admiring Michael Jordan and Walter Payton, talked about he would be excited. Uh, he likes deep dish pizza. He'd be excited if the Bears took him number one. And it was good to hear because they've got the pick and maybe they do it. What would you tell him about playing uh, as a professional in Chicago? Obviously a lot different for you because you're from here, 
But my God, you know, the number of celebrities and sports stars and and Cindy Crawford nearly stole the show, never mind Kaner. Um, it, it, it's just, it, you just knew everyone and had a great time here. I'm curious what advice you would give to a guy like Caleb Williams should he be drafted number one overall. I mean, hockey, like I said, I was fortunate enough to play for the you know three original six teams, and obviously Chicago, my favorite, being my hometown. But this city has everything in the, in the world to offer. Um, you get the attention. The fans, if you just go out and work hard and show your respect for the city and the fans, they're going to love you. So I, I'm, I'm not real familiar with his style of play. I know he's going to you know, be number one picker or, or right there unless they trade down someone. But, you know, the Bears, I'm telling you, regardless of the, what goes on, they're st- in my eyes, they're still the number one team in Chicago uh, as far as fan base. And, you know, it's just it, it's a special place. It's a great sports town. There's no better sports town than Chicago. And it's the people that make it. So he'll be welcome with open arms. I've got nothing bad to say, bad to say about Justin Fields uh, up to this point. I don't think he gets it. He's just a real gifted, you know, athlete. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I, like I said, I, at first I was worried that he, he said he wasn't going to come, Caleb. But that's good news to hear that he's, you know, he's looking forward to it. So that's great. So, Chris, the Blackhawks still know how to throw a party, and you certainly know how to plan one. Did anybody show up that surprised you? Did you have any encounters that you didn't expect? How? Uh, what will you remember most about the weekend? You know what? Uh I got everybody from kindergarten to, you know, Evergreen by like the eighth grade, my Mount Carmel team, my 101st street, you know, families I grew up with. Uh, so no, I don't think there was one person that missed it. You know, with it was everywhere. I looked in the atrium after, you know, I was on the microphone telling which category of people to meet me in which corner of the atrium. So it couldn't have played out any better. And, and it was, you know, my friends have been calling me. I've got 300 texts I'll never catch up. It was one of the best things they've ever witnessed from, you know, Kaner, what he what he did, right. Cindy Crawford. Like, who would have thought she's going to nail that shot? She just <laughs> never hit. You know, it was just – it was perfect. And, I mean, I wish the Hawks would have won, but the way it played out, you know, it was an unbelievable, you know, weekend. Yeah, and, you know, I, I as David said, um, you know, they really put on a good show, and you did a phenomenal job. And just being – watching it, it flowed together perfectly from your speech, and then you go to, you know, Kaner's moment, and then you go to Cindy Crawford <laughs> nailing that shot. And then the end of it, even with Kaner scoring a goal, he gets a standing ovation at the end of the game. So – I think anyone that was there had like the time of their life. Yeah, like playoff type atmosphere mm-hmm. right from the get go, um, and you could see it even in the atrium before the game when Pat Foley was interviewing Gary Suter, Jeremy Roenick. Like it was a throwback to the '90s, and then add the new generation, and it was amazing. So, yeah, I, the only thing I kind of regret was I had a story about my Cadillac and. The, the, the stories behind the Cadillacs in our family. It was my mom and dad's favorite car, but the first or the second card stuck to the first cue card, so I totally missed it. So, but anyway, that was the only hiccup. Yeah. So. But it was, you were honest about it. You said, this is the wrong page, and then you kept, you moved on. So you kind of recovered yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah, real quick. This, this, the Cadillac stories. I bought that Cadillac off of Brett Hull 23 years ago. 
And when I was seven, my dad bought a 68 Cadillac. And that, that Cadillac went from here to Australia and back. And the last day, me and my mom were driving that Cadillac to Crestwood Ice Arena. The engine blew, and that was the last we ever saw of it. <laughs> so, yeah. That's great. Anyway. Oh, that's fantastic. That, that was class coming out in that car, man. That looked great. Um, when, when you, you know, what was extraordinary for just watching on TV is they'd have a shot, and you'd be like, is that Mark Messier? Like, there were people, you know, Gretzky's there. John McEnroe. I didn't know you knew uh, McEnroe. Theo. He, he was Theo Epstein. It was pretty extraordinary the number of people that came out Rodman. For Rodman's showing up. That Rodman, was huge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was just a mixture of people. But, I, like, to watch them interact together, you know, they had three suites next to each other, and everybody's talking about, you know, get some security, get this – they, they were all together at one point out in the corridors and having the times. Of, and that, for me, was the highlight of the week or weekend, I should say, is seeing everybody having such a great time. People who never met, like, you know, my friends are the same. They don't care who you are or, you know, what you do or how famous you are. They just gelled together so like, perfectly. There was, there's, like I said, it was, it was incredible. Great stuff, Chris. Great, Chris. Thank you, buddy. Great, uh, great watching it. Congratulations on everything, and and uh, and the grandfather again. That's great. Congratulations news. to you and Kaylee and, and Dan and yeah. everybody. Thank you, guys. Take care. That is Chris Chelios. What a class act. Great what a guy. class act. Yeah. And the good no news: Kaylee Chelios gave birth on Tuesday. Yeah. To a baby daughter. It's awesome. Sophia. That's what he said. Yeah, that's terrific news. It is great news. Congratulations. You know. Any baby is a miracle, for God's sake. It's just outstanding stuff. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. In terms of your quarterback evaluation when you were in Kansas City, Cliff Kingsbury said that, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Caleb Williams are eerily similar. When you watch the tape, do you see that? There's pieces. There's pieces that are similar. Uh, obviously, the one that stands out to everyone is just different arm angles. Um, that's a unique trait. Not a lot of guys um, can do that. Uh, I give Jeff King, um, who's on my team, credit. He he painted a picture of, you know, there's two types of quarterbacks. There's artists and then there's surgeons. Um, so within that group, you can kind of see who's the artist create that's really creative, um, doesn't draw within the lines, where there's more of surgeons who are, you know, like your typical, like the Brady's and Peyton. So um, you kind of branch them out on those buckets and go from there. So that's where they're, they're similar. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. That is the voice of Ryan Poles, and he's talking about uh, he's talking about Caleb Williams, the presumptive first overall pick in the draft. The Bears hold the number one overall pick in the draft. And um and we've talked quite a bit about Caleb Williams. There's been a lot of sort of maybe misinformation about him, about what he um how he feels, what he believes, whether or not he's even going to speak at the Combine, which he answered yes, he will speak at the Combine. Pete Thamel from ESPN got a hold of him yesterday and did a story on him, and um, he said that um, I'm excited, I'm ready to get back on a football team around my teammates and my brothers, my new brothers now, and he talked about the Bears, and he talked about being excited if he were the number one overall pick, there was none of this 
I need part of the team. They want to draft me. Um, so I think a lot of the of, of the rumors, you know, again, his father is uh, is a vocal kind of critic of some of the draft process stuff. But you know, if I get drafted by the Bears, I'll be excited. Is what he said. If they trade the pick, I get drafted by someone else. I'm just as excited. Speaking about Chicago, they have a talented team, a talented offense and defense. For anyone to be in that situation, I think they'd be excited. This is the story Bears fans have been waiting for. This is the confirmation of what Caleb Williams feels about playing in the NFL, playing in whatever city drafts him, playing for whatever team gets him, for whatever team is lucky enough to get him. This is the information that has been missing from everything else about the evaluation process. Doesn't say that there won't be red flags that the Bears on earth before now in April 25th. Doesn't mean that he's an automatic slam dunk to be going number one overall. But if you have been looking for reasons to get on board, you can find them in his comments. No, they're not intended to accomplish that they're not that I don't view them as being strategic or uh, aimed toward a certain audience I just think this is who he is and he wants to play in the NFL and he's well-rounded the things you need to know if you're looking for you mentioned it he is going to speak Friday yes he does not have any opposition to playing in Chicago and and he pushed back on the idea that he would force a trade, right? That right. has been one of the rumors. Quote, I'm not pushing any agenda. At the end of the day, the Bears have the last say. Regardless of how I feel, I'm not pushing an agenda of, yeah, I want to go, or no, I don't want to go. I'm excited for whatever comes. He also said that he was really looking forward to his first date with the Bears, which, which is, is his sit-down with them right. and his conversation. He talked about the importance of first impression. He understands that this is a job interview. He said he's looking forward to talking to them, to get seeing their plan and telling them what he thinks. He, he's, he, I mean, this is everything that you wanted to hear. You've been waiting for this. Thank you. You've been waiting and, for this. And Dustin, you're pushing back on it. You think that he's a liar? You think that he's he's not sincere? This is never all... never said he never said he lied. I okay. said we could have we could have saved all of ourselves a lot of back and forth, a lot of angst, a lot of hand wringing. If I'm using that word properly, he could have said yeah, this. See, but it's not about us. But he did. Uh, that, that's what I, I just he, uh, it's when not a, he declared for the draft. He said he basically said that he looked forward to it, and he he said nice things about Chicago. He didn't. I, I don't remember him saying. Dustin, nice I know. I know Chicago. what you, I know what you're what you're getting at. But but I also think that because he's at he's at the forefront of this conversation, and obviously this off season, that we're going to want certain things to happen quickly. But I I don't know of any other prospect that typically would speak openly about himself or give these kinds of interviews before the NFL combine, that would be really kind of unusual. Well, because there haven't been that kind of clouds hanging yeah. over those types of people because clouds. of things. Yes, there were. 
There were, well, I didn't make the clouds up. There were there were issues hanging over his head. There, there's been rumors. There's been innuendo. But he didn't dodge those. I mean, I, I, he, you're you're suggesting that he waited dodged them until for now. he dodged them for a, a, a certain amount of time. I don't think he dodged anything. Listen, he, this is just he, the appropriate time to talk. I just think he's. I I wonder about the timing. I don't think there's why, anything why to be Pete suspicious Thamel? about. Why, why Pete Thamel? Because Pete Thamel has a relationship with him. Because he called back to, him. Because he felt comfortable. Um, well, will, that's, that, that goes on all the time. Let me read that you this. That goes on all the time. Dustin, this, this will appeal to you, I, I think. He said uh, he, he's been to Chicago once, heard good things about the rowdiness of Bear fans, and he's gone down the video rabbit hole studying both Jordan and Walter Payton, two of the city's most iconic athletes. Here's the quote. I'm 22. I didn't re- really get to see those players. As the saying goes, the legends live on. That's my goal of playing football. It's not money. It's not fame. It's to be immortal. I want to reach that sense of being a legend, being at the table, and having a rightful seat through hard work and energy and time I've put into this game that we all love. You seek greatness. You want to hear that from a guy who's 22, capable of achieving that. How do you not like that? I, you, you I, I, love I like it. it. I, I believe I, I shared that quote with you. You got to love I, it. Thank you for sharing that. I, 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 Thank you for getting I on gobble, board. I gobble Welcome. it up. Welcome nice, aboard. Nice job doing your job, Dustin, right? Sharing quotes with you. I'm just saying, no, all of this no. could have been done. All of this could have been done. Eight weeks ago, we could have all gotten on board the train. We could have all bought ourselves. Don't look for reasons to be miserable. Caleb Williams, thirteen T-shirt or jersey. There is no bad thing here. This is not a timing issue. This is not. This is not something. But maybe he got nervous, David. Maybe just maybe he was worried that his name wasn't going to be called first. Journalism is is designed to strike when the story is at its peak. Journal. I think. I think this was maybe if there's if there's anybody. Not, I'm not, this is the wrong way to look at this. Pete Thamel did his job exceptionally well here. Yes. There's a focus nationally on the NFL Combine. There's a national curiosity about Caleb Williams. You know when the perfect time to drop that story? Today at 8 o'clock. That's exactly what he did because that's a veteran who knows exactly what he's doing. He, and Caleb he, Williams is a big part of that. He said he's planning on meeting with the media in Indianapolis. And here's the quote. I want everyone to hear me, get a feel for who I am, so they're not throwing things out that are false or that isn't coming from me. Which we were doing this morning to some yes! degree by advancing the rumor. Which by was by talking about his father, Carl, and some of the statements he's made. This is the kid talking for yes. himself here. And we were advancing what Brad alluded to and Dan Weeder alluded to, that there was, before this story, uh, some there were some whispers in Indy that he was not going to talk to the media. Why did those exist? Well, who knows how it started. But he was the source of a lot of speculation because he had never been this open and expansive. The fact that he did so with a reporter with whom he's comfortable, that's the idea. He said that he's going to speak at the Combine because he wants to be a, he wants everyone being able to see who I am as a person and my heart and love for football and winning games. That's what I think they'll get from it and my intensity about being on a team and going out there and kicking ass with my new brothers. That's what I'm excited about. That's who I am. That's who he is. Said so he's and not a one man show. That he's part of a team. I mean, he was great. Whatever, whatever is in here, man. It's I think really there's some good. depth here. I think there's going to be uh, a young man who's going to frustrate people. Maybe at some times he's going to have a lot of 
a, a lot of things to say at some point once he gets more comfortable and confident and, and accomplished. I, I don't think you want him coming straight out of the box as a rookie uh, before he's played his first game, uh, pontificating on everything. But I think he's going to be a personality with many layers. And there will be days you may love him. There may be days you don't. But I think that when you hear what Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus said yesterday – and when you see what was printed this morning, if you're a Bears fan, you got to be pumped. <laughs> I, Don't I you? agree. You got to be pumped. No, I, I mean he said everything that you wanted. To he hear addressed say. everything. Yes, he wants to be great. He wants to lead this franchise, the Bears franchise, to heights that it hasn't been to in how many years? Thirty-nine years. Let's uh, let's get to the phone lines. 312-644-6767. Shad's on the south side. Hey, Shad. What's up, fellas? Good morning. Hey, Shad. I need to get some clarity here, guys. I, I think we all acknowledged, like, when Colin Cowherd came out a couple weeks ago on, on Speaks and, and Danny's show, he, he tried to do a little bit of, like, PR cleanup in yeah. terms of he didn't yeah. want to be the villain. Like, you know, in Chicago, if, if the first thing you do when you walk through the door, you already got not necessarily red flags, Dave, but this this portrayal that I don't want to be viewed as the bad guy. You know, we're not used to that here in Chicago because in Los Angeles, everything is a little bit more laid back, a little bit more protected in terms of your branding. I think this guy is now trying to just put himself in a situation where at least people in Chicago will embrace him to replace Justin as opposed to actually legitimately giving a damn about how people feel about him in this city. Is that fair to even consider? Just just the timing of it, Dave. The publicist's <sighs> point of view of it has got to be in the equation. Come on, man. I shot. appreciate where you're coming from. I, I don't view this as being that calculated where he's trying to win over a fan base. I think that if anything that is premeditated, it would be the conversation with his team, and he says he's got a team of lawyers and he's, people think it's just one guy and it's not. I think if there's anything that is premeditated or calculated, it would be like, I've got to address some of these things that are getting out of hand in terms of the speculation. I've got to clarify fact from fiction and dispel some of the worst rumors which are continuing to grow. He's not doesn't want to be in Chicago He's not speaking to the media. He's a diva. I think that if there's anything, it would be just to correct months worth of misinformation more than I want to go and win over Chicago or whatever fan base I'm going to be trying to play for the next decade. I don't think he's there yet, Molly. I think this is all about trying to clarify the and clear up the record. Let's try Jeremy. Jeremy's on the road. Hey, Jeremy. Good morning. How are you, gentlemen? Good. Good, good. Uh, so I wanted to comment about Justin Fields and Caleb Williams, obviously, like everybody else. Uh, so if they keep Justin Fields, I, I'm fine with that. However, if they decide to trade him, which I'm fine with as well, and, and draft a quarterback, assuming they draft a quarterback, um, and they don't take Caleb Williams, I think we're just going to end up in the uh, same situation we did with Mitch Trubisky back in the day. Um, That's one name that didn't cross my mind no. at all in reading the story or contemplating where the Bears are right now. Yeah. I, I don't think that this has much to do with Mitch Trubisky at all. 
I, I'm not quite sure where he's going with that. I, I, I mean, no. Yeah, I I think you know. Here's the thing. Like you drafted Mitch, you should have drafted Patrick Mahomes. Anybody that knew that would have known it. Now you're going to draft Caleb Williams. That's the guy you're supposed to draft. Mm -hmm. It's a totally different story. It's a different deal altogether, frankly. Let's try Colin. Colin's in Edison Park. Hey, Colin. Morning, guys. Morning. Uh, You're saying, like, you got to be excited. I'm not excited about what he had to say. Everybody who's been here, including our quarterback, says the exact same things about wanting to be great. Lead it. Um Lead it to greatness and all that. Sure. Take this franchise where it's what, never been. Do you think it's insincere? What What is it that uh, bothers you oh, about I just it? think that's a general stock answer. Okay. But, I mean, didn't we need some stock answers from this kid? Didn't we need to know that he wanted to be here and that football matters to him and he loves the game? What, isn't that all positive stuff that, that you needed to get out there? I, I think you're right. You yes, like the answer I mean, I'm answering it for. He he hung up and got it dropped. Okay. Yes, because tell me that Mitch Trubisky faced these kind of questions before the draft. He didn't. No. Tell me Justin Fields faced these kind of questions before the draft. He no. didn't. No. Caleb Williams has faced a lot of questions. Understandable scrutiny. His dad went public in an interview before the college football season. Right. Said some things that were very controversial. So right now, this is part of maybe that cleanup. I think it's more about that than it is anything else. And texters are having a field day by uh, not excited. And what do you think is going to say? You know, that's fine. That's fine. I don't really care about the reaction to this from people that are big Justin Field supporters. They're never going to come around. They will the minute they watch the kid play. Well, probably. Maybe then. If if you you watch him throw the ball, I think you're going to be more excited than you have been. Let's try Dennis. He's on the south side. Hey, Dennis. Good morning. Good morning, guys. I'm a big fan of yours. I got to say one thing, though. Caleb Williams is a smart bet, but who are we going to pick at number nine? Do we go with a left tackle? It's a great or question. What do you guys think yeah. of the See, now tight that, end out of Georgia? Oh, well, that, that's not a bad one. Powers, yeah, the tight end. I'm glad you asked that question because I found the guy that I think that I'm going to be preoccupied by for a while at that number nine pick, and it's it's the Notre Dame tackle, Joe Alt. Oh, that'd be great. I am going think to. think he's going to fall that far? I, I don't know. He could. Only because, I only say this because I read something yesterday. I was listening to a bunch of stuff. Wasn't his dad a. a yes, yeah. for the Chiefs. He's a, he's a long If the time. receiver, if there's a run on wide receivers. Yes. And then there's a run on quarterbacks. It's conceivable that Joe Alt could drop to number nine. Yeah. And if he's there and the Bears have drafted right. Caleb Williams number one and they're still there at nine and Joe Alt's on the board, Molly, I would be. As we sit here on February 28th, yes. I would be very tempted to just take the sure thing. Well, I think if Dustin could get that guy here, he might even be able to forgive the fingernail stuff. <laughs> I think if that were to be true, I think Dustin and I could even bond over something positively. Let's not get carried away. I, I know. Let's not get carried away. I might be a bridge uh, too yeah, far. You know, look, I, I – I, you know – do you want another receiver? Yes. Do you want a tight end that's going to be like a difference maker like this Brock Bowers could be? Yes. Do you want a, a, an offensive tackle that you can line up for 10 years and then your then your current tackle becomes a swing guy 
and you got all sorts of possibility, yes. Yes. It is, you know, <laughs> it's unbelievably intriguing to to kind of daydream about what you can get out of this draft, especially, you know, you should pick up another pick or two if indeed you do make a, a trade for a starting quarterback. You trade your starter to a team that You're likely needs to start. get maybe one or possibly two you know, picks in return. Maybe a but second, Dennis maybe raises a, a very good point that I think six. sometimes we overlook in this very – understandable obsession with the number one pick. Bears are picking ninth, too. And last year this right. time, we were going every day, who are they going to get at number nine? They're going to get a good player, a day one starter. Sure. They're in that situation again to add to maybe the elite quarterback they're going to draft. What a great spot to be in if you're Ryan Poles. You, know, you, you also might be able to trade down out of that ninth spot and pick up some other stuff and still – be able, you know, if indeed yep. there's a run on quarterbacks, yep. and four of them are taken in the first ten picks, that ninth, that ninth pick, there, are, there are, that means people are falling because the quarterbacks are moving up, and that's a good thing for the Bears. That's a very good possibility for the Bears. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. It's Mully and Haw. Hey, we want to remind you. The Cody Bellinger news conference is Ooh. at one o'clock today. Wow. And you got Dan and Layla and Lawrence on. They will carry that live compliments of the uh, Marquee Sports Network, and you'll get to hear whatever Belly has to What's say. What's he going to have to say? He's going to badmouth the Cubs for not giving him <laughs> a long term so? deal. He's going to badmouth the I think he's going to come Boris? out. He's going to say, I'm worth a quarter of a billion, and everyone knows it, you sons of dog. No. He's going to be How many really strange metaphors will he borrow from Scott Boris today? <laughs> oh, no. No. He's going to be his be own there. man. Will Boris be there? Oh, Ooh, I like that. That's a good one. 312 644 6767. Molly and Hall on the score. If you identify a quarterback prospect as your guy, is there any price that can move you off of your guy? Um, would it be our guy, right? Like, it's, it's not about me at all. Um, that's hard to answer right now because I need kind of the whole puzzle put together to, to figure that out. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. That is Ryan Poles, the general manager of the Bears, asked if you would ever move off your guy for what price, and he didn't answer the question. Because I don't think there is an answer. Yeah. One, it doesn't behoove you to address that specifically ever, right? You're not going to do your bidding publicly like that. Sure. Secondly, if you do have your guy and they believe Caleb Williams is that guy, you're not trading. You're not, you're not trading. You're, you're sticking with the plan. And the plan is to Use make the, a draft pick yes. to make it easier to get to the Super Bowl and win it. And to reset the clock on your – there, there's yeah, so too. much all related. that comes out of this it's all related. that buys you like five years. And and if you're Ryan Poles, that's your job. It, you're, you're ensuring that you're going to be here for a long time as you watch this guy well, that's the re That's the residual effect of it. Yeah. Yes. I think you are creating all kinds of roster flexibility with the rookie contract, and then you're exactly. providing all kinds of job security by the realities of having a five-year plan. See? A new five-year plan. That's going to be this a new is year plan. three. Yep, I think Matt Eberflus is under more pressure than well, Ryan Poles. Yes, coach always is. Well, and and frankly, he was lucky to survive last year. Yeah. So win now, Matt, and if not, then I think the one of those guys might be in peril. I don't think it's Ryan Poles. I don't either. <laughs> 
Tony's in Winfield. Hey, Tony, how are you? Hey, guys. Uh, I listen to you on the way to work every morning. I appreciate all the work you guys do. Um, I'm, I'm echoing your guys' sentiment. and it, It's blowing my mind, really, to listen to Bears fans. Like, I don't know if it's Bears fans or Fields fans that are, like, lashing out at Caleb's quotes this morning. Like, we are so averse to star talent and star personality that – they're just, like, scared, or I, I, I truly don't get it. Like, we crave the gritty types, the quiet guys. Um, it's, we haven't had a quarterback. I'm 35. I haven't had a quarterback my whole life. Um, <laughs> and if there's questions about the Bears picking up the fifth-year option, what in the world do fans think Ryan Poles, who made a sweet trade last year, he could not have imagined that we would have got the number one pick from Carolina. Most people thought that was going to be, like, the 10th overall. He has not picked his quarterback while he's here. Is he going to go down on a ship with a quarterback he didn't select and basically be all in to win next year? No chance. This is the, the most insane argument I've ever heard. And Justin Fields, he got flus talking about fourth quarter numbers. Justin Fields in his career, I saw a stat yesterday, over 200 pass attempts, is dead last in completion percentage, interceptions, and quarterback rating in the fourth quarter. He's not he's, – he can't process. He's slow. They have a chance to draft – a guy that is like this is unbelievable and there's fans that are averse to it and i'll let you guys go but i i this city drives me nuts and i can't wait till it's over it's a it's really an interesting comment tony Tony. i I mean we could give you a prize it's really an interesting comment (laughs) because there are people that are that are so tied to justin fields that they and and listen we've talked about it the wow plays are wow oh my god did you see that that's not how you win in the NFL. It's one it's of the more baffling things I've seen it's here covering to me. sports. I agree. I respect. It's weird. Justin Fields, and every time you talk about him, you have to qualify that. You have to have a. Oh no! Uh, yeah, let let me a, preface this by yes. saying, yeah. and that gets old too, because you can respect somebody and understand why there's a lack of belief from the Bears organization that he is the guy to take you to the next step, or he's, or that you're not better off. By moving on, Jeremy is is on the road. I'm sorry. Hey, Jeremy. Jeremy. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. We're you know apparently not the smartest guys. Depends on who you ask. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's some people mad at us. Do you guys think? Do you guys uh, believe Caleb Williams can come in and make an immediate impact? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I I do. do. I mean, listen. C.J. Stroud came in and made an immediate impact last year. So there's nothing that would say to you that you can't do that. The Bears have a pretty decent defense going. They presumably will improve with that. they got to get a starting safety out of it because they made a, a cap move with Eddie Jackson. Um, they they have you know other needs. They could use another receiver. It's the order we know of business they need in every offseason. You're replacing line. starters. You're replacing but, people. You're filling roster yes, holes, right? I do believe, though, that they can win I, immediately. And, and – Listen to me. They lost 10 games last year. Are, are we all did, – did... They've lost 24 games in the last two seasons. It's a lot of losing. Okay. And, okay, conventional wisdom, old football way of thinking is that rookie quarterbacks are going to struggle. There's going to be growing pains, and you can't win. That's the rule. He's the exception. Guys like Caleb Williams represent the exception. Guys like C.J. Stroud are the exception. Joe Burrow, the exception. You can win with a rookie quarterback. You know, I mean, I, the reality is, and I hate to say this, 
but we are damaged as football fans. Going through whatever it is that we've had to go through with the various people that have been on this team. There is a lot of scar tissue, and we're hearing it. And frankly, the only comfort that I'm finding is in this. The only comfort Mm -hmm. is that I got – I got a bag of clothes from Flag and Anthem this morning, <laughs> and I'm going to get to go home and try some shirts on, and I'll f- see how I look in them, and I'll feel so comfortable, and I'll be able to to take this and use it as a way of sort of of recovering a little bit. Well, I hope there's so. so many it people calling in so angry. You you will look marvelous. You, you will look marvelous, and if you you'll feel better feel because better. you look so good. No, it's true. And the only thing that is better than that, my biggest delight this morning was that as much as you were pleased, yes, and overjoyed with your bag of clothes, I have, I love, I opened my mine, clothes. and you were envious because mine was better. Um, only because the color scheme, the color scheme might be better than yeah, mine. But I love I, I my think, shirts. Yeah, you, you know, nice you got blue. you got like a great three quarter zip that you like probably blue. can go jogging in. Yeah, I'm going to use it tonight. You've got all variations I, of blue. I'm going. I'm going and full. I'm, I'm more colorful. And you said you could wear that shirt on TV, and I think I'm going to. I said that. To I'm going to wear it tomorrow. Yeah, no, there's two of those shirts that you need to wear on TV. One tonight, one tomorrow. Look, yeah, you're going right. to look. You're going to look better than I you ever have. Wait. And, oh, thank and, you, know, you. And and you're gonna stop pitting out like you often do <laughs> with your nervous television. No, I'm just joking. That's it. I'm joking. But no. you do. They are. They're they're you know wicking away all that stuff and great. Well, they're comfortable too. Very comfortable. Yeah. And they you don't even have to iron them. Pat's on the Odyssey app. Hey Pat, how are you? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, you know, I I wanted to talk about trading back in the draft, but. You know, personally, you know, listening to the comments from Caleb Williams, I find it exceptionally, uh, you know, uh, impressive that to hear a guy say, you know, I want to be the best. I want to be the yes. best that ever. I want to sit at that table. I mean, I, I don't think that's pedestrian comments at all. I think that's pretty rare for an athlete to go that far. And I want to hear that. But uh, so that's good. Uh, I think they will have a great chance to trade back. I, I think. The receiver they want, Adunze won't be there at nine. And I could see him trading back to late first and an early second. And then you start looking at players like the Jackson Powers Johnson out of Oregon, the center, and, and Tyler right, Newbin right. out of Minnesota. No, Tyler you, Newbin out of you listen, you know, here's the problem, Pat. The problem is you're spoiled for choice. Like you start looking at a draft, and, and all you want is more picks and more players. You just want you just th- I, you, you look at it and you're like, I, oh my god, you got to calm down a little bit. Well, you do have to calm down a little bit, and I, and I really think that. But I want everyone. I really think that this is this, this is a, a and I don't want to speak on behalf of the fan base because we have a lot of people that you described the well. There's a lot of Justin Fields love yes. and loyalists out there. Yes. But I really believe that once you, once we, get past this whole debate. Discussion, yeah. conversation, Justin versus Caleb. What do you do? What do you trade him? You know, they talked yesterday about living in the gray. We've been living in the gray in Chicago. Oh my God. For a while now. Once it's, that clears, it's gonna be better. It's gonna be black or white, and you can pick a yeah. side, you can pick a lane, but once it once it clears, there's gonna be so much to be optimistic about the sun, for the Bears organization. The sun's coming out. The sun's coming out. The sky will be blue. Yes. There will be there won't, you know. It's like we live in the threat of tornado. It's like we're being hailed upon 
like um, like a brick three pointer from the Bulls. And soon, it will be all hail Caleb Williams. Oh, look at you! <laughs> hail to the Chief. Tony's in Chicago. Hey, Tony. Hey, gentlemen. I'll be fast. This is what I find fascinating about the Justin Lovers. Anything negative that comes out about Caleb, they accept it as the gospel man with no validation, no verification whatsoever. Anything comes out, anything comes out positive about him. Oh man, they can't question it enough. <laughs> How exactly does right. that work? That's so true. That's exactly right. It's so true. This like this story. Yeah, like this story comes out. Yeah, and it's like okay, well you know what. Okay, he he checked that box. Okay, he yeah. he checked this box. Oh, we oh, said he, that. He addressed he said this. this. He said oh, that. oh my gosh, he Let's went to Tokyo too. Why didn't he say it earlier? Why did he say it earlier? What? Wait, this is just uh, he he wasn't asked a tough question because he's known the reporter since he he, he was a freshman. He's not sincere. He's not sincere. He's, he's gonna say that. What do you expect, huh? He's lying. Come on, Steve's in Aurora. Hi, Steve. <laughs> it's so true. Hey, how you doing? Good. Good. Um, the way I'm kind of thinking is we we've. Anyone who's been a Bears fan, we've never, ever, ever had a good quarterback. Maybe some of them would have been good, but the Bears are just like, it's just a jinx on quarterbacks, I think. I think that, I mean, a lot of professionals, these guys, they said Sam Donald was going to be great and Trevor Lawrence was going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. I think maybe we should just shoot for like a Trent Dilfer or Brad Johnson and just sack the rest of the team and do it the way the Chicago Bears always do. No, no, no. Uh, no, you don't have no. to settle. No. You do not have to settle. That's what we're talking about. You are within weeks, months maybe, of not having to settle. You can think as big as you want to think. You can talk about greatness at the position. And you might be wrong. But once you are scorned, you know, love again, Molly. That's love it. again. Yeah. Yeah. You can fall in love with Caleb Williams. If you want to, as a Bears fan, love can be lovelier the second time you fall. Thank you. I knew there was a some John. line there that you would pull out of your poetry <laughs> reservoir. Not, I believe that's like an old torch song. Okay, John's in Plainfield. Hey, John. Hey guys, I've been listening and I, I've been biting my tongue. I guess at the end of the day, here's where I'm at, mm. and I look at two key games: Detroit. In Cleveland. So you're telling me if Caleb threw the ball instead of Justin Fields, that Mooney catches that pass? Because that was pretty catchable. And Tanyan doesn't drop that pass if Caleb throws it like he's got magic wand that they're going to catch Please stop. Please stop picking two plays to define three seasons. Please stop. Please. That's not fair to anybody. The body of work is the body of work. Matt Eberflus practically is presented to you on a platter, in a binder, in a folder. He's not a fourth-quarter quarterback. He's not a two-minute guy. He's got things that you are easy to see and detect the flaws. It's not about Tunyon dropping a pass or Mooney dropping a pass or anybody dropping a pass. It's getting somebody who can throw the passes more accurately. You know, you know who had the most Jeez. drops in the league this year? Who? Kansas City. <laughs> How'd that turn out for they them? They ended up winning the okay. Super Bowl. Just saying. How many different offensive line combinations did they use? Not as many as last year, probably, but they still had their share. They won a Super Bowl with a backup guard. Good backup guard. Local guy made good, yes. but still a backup guard. Listen, I, you know, I, I mean, you, you've got to be able to overcome problems. And you know what? Like, I, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> if you, if you don't, if you don't see it, but then, he dropped, then but Tanya dropped the pass, Molly, or else we'd we'd be having a different yeah, tone here. No, I mean, Tanya dropped that pass. He did. Very few perfect teams.
Very oh few. God, it's football. And, and and you're so right that two plays don't define a season. And, you know, I, I'm not blaming Justin Fields for everything that went wrong. But I'm also not going to sit here and tell you that, you know, regardless of how optimistic they are, the Bears were 7-10. and 10. It's not like, A lot of myth-making going on. I mean, this is what I'm saying. A lot of they were dead last yet again <laughs> like, in the division. And, and we're talking like they're on the cusp of something unbelievable. They're a, they're a young team that is building probably a couple years away, right? And, and they got to keep building and keep getting better. And, and that's wonderful. But let's, like, just because they're all happy at a news conference – and, you know, Kevin Warren can get up there and, and, and sell you anything. The fact of the matter is that they, they lost a lot of games. And, you know, starting 0-4, well, they didn't have to start 0-4. They started 0-4. Three games that they lost that they could have won. Oh, my God. You know, if, if those three games, if you turn them, they lost the three games. Like, you can't you, – nobody sells losing like the Bears do. And now we're coming out of this thing thinking – that that they did something spectacular. I, did got, they improve on defense? Yes. yes. Yeah, it's nice did. to see. Nice, very nice. And they made a real good move. Real good move. For for a, a defensive land yeah. and that they signed. Right. And and the trade is paying off with with obviously a great wide receiver. Historically good haul. No question. Yeah. But but come on now. It's 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 about winning the division. It's about getting in the playoffs. It's about winning in the playoffs. It's about trying to win a title. It's not about trying to maintain like we could probably if we got a decent guy, they won once with a great No. It's about, you know, taking the north and never giving it back. Hey, that's a good podcast. Thank you, bud. I've, I've heard. I listen. Thank you. All right, we've got uh, a Layla Wednesday. All right. We got a Layla Wednesday. You know what else we got? We got later today, you're going to be able to hear Cody Bellinger's news conference live. It's at 1 o'clock right here on The Score, and it's brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers, and it's courtesy of the Marquee Network. So you're going to be able to hear Cody Bellinger. Will he badmouth his contract is he delighted to make $30 million, the richest contract in Cubs history? I can't wait to find out what he's going to say about it. Uh, Dustin wants to know if Scott Boris is there. Boris always likes to take a bow, so I'm guessing he won't be there. I don't think he'll be there. We'll, uh, we'll determine all this stuff, I and mean, you can hear it right here on The Score starting at 1 o'clock. It's a Layla Wednesday, Mully and Hall on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.